and welcome one and all to the comic multiverse. The you see, this is the problem, Matt. When this we is staying in. This is staying in. You see, when we warm up the beginning, Matt and I were doing like you know tongue twisters and trying to quote like Ron Burgundy at each other. So when it actually comes time to do my thing that I have not fucked up in seventy episodes, I fuck it up. And now it's staying in because yeah. I'm in charge of edit. <laughs> it's true, Matt gets final edit there. You know, it was a very very harsh contract negotiation. He demanded final final edit like Ed Norton, and I had to give it to him. <laughs> I just had to give it to him. So yeah, everyone, what I was trying to say before I royally fucked up, welcome to the comic multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. I forgot my own goddamn intro for a second. Do you think, do you think I'm tired? Do you think it's been a long week? Uh, maybe, maybe. Maybe just a little bit. How, how was your week, Final Cut, Matt? Uh, pr- pretty good, pretty good. I managed to watch, on your recommendation, American Vandal. Ah, oh, what'd you think of it? I thought it was hilarious. It is, and as, like, two guys who have worked, like, in media for so long and, like, have done, like, public access and camera work and everything, is it not so true to form? Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. Exactly. I'm like, I know all this stuff. It's mm-hmm. so familiar. Yep. Like, literally, it follows two audiovisual nerds trying to make a documentary, and I'm like, yeah, I know I know all those people. My high school was just <laughs> like that. There's a character in it who's a lady Twitch streamer, and they nail the comments on that, and, like, another dude uh, is part of, like, a shitty prank channel, and they nail those comments as well. Yeah, absolutely perfect. Also, while they don't name where the dude puts up his documentary, it's clearly Vimeo. Yeah, yeah. It's clearly they wanted a Vimeo sponsorship, but Vimeo's like, "Nah, we're good." <laughs> <laughs> but, well, fine, we're keeping you in the movie then. <laughs> yeah, I bet they're regretting it. Oh, I bet they were. But yeah, friggin' uh, American Vandal is great. In fact, there's been a ton of great, uh, what is it, TV shows via Netflix. I know people have been asking us when Cape TV is coming back. And had I watched Inhumans this week, that would totally have been a segment. But I didn't find enough time to. But next week. We're going to try and bring Kate TV back as a little segment on the comic multiverse so you'll get your comic talk and your TV talk, and the multiverse will just be a one-stop shop. Yeah, you're you're lucky you didn't watch Inhumans. Yeah, apparently it, I dodged a bullet on that when I heard you and Mitch complain about that. Yeah, it, it was horrible. Yes. It was, I was hoping for at least, like, a couple of things, like, oh, maybe it might get better in the second half, but no... No, that's, that's got to be rough because it's like you know obviously <clears throat> they didn't show the IMAX thing around anywhere where you or I were. We heard the negative buzz. Thank God. Ugh. We heard the anti buzz about it, and we're like, oh well, it can't possibly be as bad as everyone is saying. Oh, Scott Buck is involved. Oh, the dude who fucked up Iron Fist got a second shot. Jesus Christ. Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, here's hoping that the, I think there's six episodes remaining. Hopefully, they're not written or directed with Scott Buck in those positions so yeah and the talk that this season might be the only season now yeah well well if if it continues like it is hope good (laughs) can can we officially say now that this is the first real like black eye of the marvel media Mm -hmm. experiment like iron fist i didn't like iron fist but i wouldn't call iron fist a complete dud there were some redeeming things about iron fist what i'm hearing about in humans is they're like zero redeeming oh god have you seen like the intro like the the title card no i haven't even watched that yet oh god you and I can make better intros than that. Sometimes it, it, we it, do. It is shockingly embarrassing. Oh, God. Uh, speaking of shows, too, and because, hey, you know, we're starting the show with a Cape TV segment. Fuck it, it's what we're doing this week. Uh, did you see uh, another Netflix original they had that I think premiered this week? You you like Nick Kroll, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that Big Mouth show that has him on it, his like animated series, him and like several other people. Have you watched that? I, I keep seeing it ad- advertised, and uh, I don't exactly know what it's about. It's it is a high school comedy about the awkwardness, but especially about the grossness of puberty. I've watched like five episodes, and I'm like, this is fucking weird. Because, like, here's the thing. The the kid who's, like, actually voiced, there's, like, one voiced by Nick Kroll and the other one voiced by John Mulaney. And the deal is, is that, like, you know, they're super horny high schoolers, but, like, their horniness is embodied by a puberty demon who is also voiced by Nick <laughs> Kroll. He's, he's basically just Roger from American Dad is all he is. He's just Roger. Oh, wow. Just, like, this incredibly, like, skeezy, pansexual sex monster who keeps telling them to stick their dicks into stuff, and I'm like, wow, this is this is really gross, but then again, puberty is really gross. I don't know if they can stretch this out for, like, I think it's eight episodes. Oh, and wow. Then, and then in the next episode, they flip the script in an interesting way because we follow one of the girls who is friends with the, with the two boys in the show, and she gets her first period, and when she gets home, she has a female puberty demon waiting for her. <laughs> Oh and, god. And the female puberty demon is voiced by Maya Rudolph and I'm like, "All right. Okay, I will watch these 8 episodes now." <laughs> that sounds so weird. It is. I don't know if I like it, but I can't stop watching it. It's this weird perverse like, "Okay, what line are they going to cross next? What are, what are they going to do next?" <laughs> I, I, I gotta see. And also, like, Jordan Peele is, like, the voice of an old R&B jazz musician who lives in the attic of one of the kids. Uh, just creepy jazz musicians, just you know? Jazz musician. It's it's weird, too, because both the kids can see the jazz musician, but only one of the kids can see the puberty demon. <laughs> so apparently ghosts trump demons in this universe? <laughs> It's it's very strange, but yeah, there's that. Uh, I also finished watching this newest season of BoJack Horseman. It took me a while to finish this season, because this was probably the darkest season they did. Oh, really? Season-long storylines about miscarriages and dementia. Isn't that funny? Oh, f- uh, hilarious. The op- all the good comedy shows have all, that. All the comedy shows, although this is the season that also basically came out and said what I always felt about the show, and that is, hey comedy is just the flip side of tragedy comedy is tragedy plus time we're not laughing yet but we might be <laughs> yeah 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 so yeah that's a that's a little tv talk there everyone we hope you enjoyed that one go go watch american vandal go watch everything we're talking about yeah they're all really good shows yeah freaking netflix man bringing the freaking heat this year Mm-hmm. I never even finished watching ozarks i watched the first episode and enjoyed oh, it to go back so so good yeah, they're just friggin' killing it, Netflix. But yes, everyone, believe it or not, the Comic Multiverse is a comic book podcast, and we have some comic book news for you for the week. We do. And uh, starting off on a big one that had many tongues a wagon, including uh, mine and Matt's, uh, Warner Brothers and DC Films came out this week and said they're going to focus on more standalone films in their greater continuity. But then Jeff Johns came out and said, but everything <laughs> is connected. But the Joker movie's going to be in its own continuity. And we're going to have other separate continuities. But everything's connected. I, I have a feeling as well, like at New York Comic Con this weekend, he's he's going to come out and say, oh, no, they're, they're all disconnected, but connected, but yeah. disconnected. Yeah, well, they, they really flunked the PR test on this one, where it's like, but what is it, though? I think what he was attempting to get across was that we're not going to be focusing 
on like building like a through line between all the movies where it's like you know you'll get your justice league that we've been building up to but don't be expecting like plot threads to show up maybe in aquaman or the flash or any of those other movies if they get done we're yeah we're, we're not on the road to justice league 2 which to me is like okay it's different i'll give you that what wonder woman was better because it wasn't building up to anything in particular but she was wonder woman though Stuff like Aquaman is going to be a hard enough sell on its own. Now you're literally telling people they don't need to watch every movie that they can pick and yeah. choose. Yeah, this like say, oh, do I need to see all these other movies for like characters or uh, a connecting plot? Or will I understand what's happening in this movie? And it doesn't doesn't matter anymore. The, the doesn't ans- matter. The answer seems to be a resounding no. Which again, you can disagree or agree with how Marvel did it, but one of the secret weapons to their success is they made sure every movie was required reading to understand what was happening in one way or another. You might not have uh, cared for Doctor Strange as a character, you might not have ever have heard of who Ant-Man was, but if you wanted to enjoy and go along with the big like through line through all the movies, you had to see them anyway. Kinda like comics. It kind of exactly like comics. Yeah, whereas what DC doing is like saying these are all like the mini series, and yeah. you don't need to read them because they're not in continuity. Yeah, and then we also have Elseworlds now off to the side because that won't yeah. confuse anybody. Yeah, and I don't understand why why they can't just like come out like how Marvel comes out and say, all right, these are all in continuity. These are the movies you need to see if you want to see Justice League or. These are the ones that build up to a Justice League. Why can't they say that? Why is it all these cryptic, like, oh, maybe, maybe not? I think they're so afraid of saying the wrong thing. They just are okay with saying confusing things or contradictory things. Do do they even know? It could change. Is it like a is it like a movie by movie basis for them? Is like this one in continuity? Well, it did well, so yes. I think it absolutely is a movie by movie basis because, as we've said before, one of the greatest problems with DC and Warner Brothers when it comes to building their shared universe is they are incredibly reactionary to everything. Oh no, they didn't like the death yeah. and destruction in Man of Steel. Okay, we'll make sure to make a solid point of Batman v Superman to say that no one ever got hurt ever. Oh god, these movies are too dark. Um, we'll, we'll make Wonder Woman more light and hopeful and have more color in oh people really liked wonder woman because it did its own thing and it wasn't really connected to everything else okay make everything else more standalone then. and make everything about wonder woman she's all she's like front and center and all the justice league stuff now whereas she before is. it was batman yep they've completely done a 180 on that it's like oh people really responded to wonder woman okay make it all about wonder Woman, which i can't blame them because wonder woman is still the best one Mm-hmm. Yep. And meanwhile, the Suicide Squad's like, hey, we're here too. It's like, yeah, we've got ideas for you, maybe. Well, we got ideas for <laughs> Harley Quinn. We don't know about the rest of you. Yeah, and it might not be in continuity. Might not even be in continuity now. <laughs> 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 oh, God damn. But I mean, hey, that's, that's Warner Brothers DC for you, everybody. I mean, on one hand, I guess it's refreshing to basically hear them come out and say, look, we're gonna stop trying to play the Marvel game. We can't beat Marvel at being Marvel. We should maybe just try and find our own way, even if it's a little awkward at first. Yeah, I guess so. And then I'm reminded, it's like, guys, this is your second kick at the can for doing a shared universe. This was all supposed to start with Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern. (laughs) Remember that, everyone? Remember that was supposed to be the great starting point? That was supposed to be their Iron Man? Hey, man, at at this point, I would take that shared universe, because at least, like, Howard Jordan was fun, funny. Yeah. 
It was hey, it was pissing on kinda. It was shitting on that movie that started my YouTube career. So in a way, I have a strange place in my heart for it. <laughs> You're happy it failed. <laughs> if I ever meet Ryan Reynolds, I'll be like, thank you for being part of such a shit show. It really helped my career. I'm really thank one Canadian to another. I'm really thankful for you, Ryan. He probably would like like be genuinely like happy about that as well. <laughs> I mean, hey, a bunch of cut jokes in Deadpool was him really going to town on Green Lantern, so I don't think he liked it either. He'll be like, hey, I got a franchise now, I'm happy. I mean, hey, hey, say what you want about how Fox runs their X-Men movies, but at least they're all in a weird kind of continuity. Kinda, sorta. Yeah. Deadpool and Logan kind of blur the lines a little bit, where it's like, well, Logan's in an alternate universe, but maybe that stuff happened, maybe it didn't. I mean, we we, <laughs> we, we couldn't have this movie if we didn't have the other movies informing it, so... <laughs> so in a way, you can fit it wherever you want. It, it gets even more hilarious, too, because as we mentioned last week, it's like, guys, you built a superhero universe on TV already. Yeah, yeah, and you've basically got the Justice League as well. And hey, here's the thing. If nothing matters anymore, and if you're doing basically the cinematic equivalent of creativity over continuity, if that's basically what you're doing, let Grant Gustin have a movie. And let <laughs> yeah. let them all have a movie now, then, if that's the way it's going to be. And if you're going to have multiple continuity, double down on what works. People like the yeah. TV. Let Grant show up in the Flashpoint movie. Exactly. Perfect, perfect for it. Yeah, be like, hey, you know, Ezra Miller, you're all right and everything, but take, take, take five, champ, I got this. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, too. What's Flashpoint supposed to be now? Because, like, the basic talk of Flashpoint is like, and this is how we're going to fix all our continuity problems, and this is how we're going to, you know, basically put our house in order, only to come out with this and be like, or maybe not, though. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I mean, like, even the, the uh, actress that was playing Iris West didn't even know that Flashpoint was happening until they announced it on at San Diego Comic-Con. And now there's rumors that she's been cut from Justice League, so they could easily just recast her now. Same with uh, Joe Montedineglio, the guy who was playing yeah. Deathstroke, who's like, yeah, I don't know if I'm in the Batman anymore. <laughs> I don't know if I'm anywhere yeah. anymore. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, it's like, remember up until then, the only thing that was even comparable to actors not knowing if they were in the movie or not was like one of the Wayans brothers was supposed to be Robin in Batman Returns only to get written out of that. Yeah, but he's laughing because he still gets paid for that. Still gets royalties and they made at least one action figure out of him. <laughs> good, good on you, Wayans brother, whose name I forget. There's only about a dozen of you. <laughs> the one who's not in Lethal Weapon. <laughs> yeah, that one. That's That's the one. Good old, good old Wayans Brothers. So, hey, continuing on this trend of uh, DC films and just strange head-scratching choices, apparently the famous John Williams Superman score, maybe one of the greatest superhero scores of all time, will be returning for Justice League. But there's a catch. Oh, isn't there always? Do tell, Matt. So, so Danny Elfman's now scoring the film. Hans Zimmer in that guy who likes drums and guitars isn't part of it anymore junkie uh, xl yeah that guy he's not part of it so they got danny elfman to come back so he's i think going to be bringing back his batman theme oh i think the one everyone i think I, I i would imagine like they play it somewhere in there um but he says he's going to bring back the john williams superman theme mm. and i'm like oh yeah that's that's good that's great that's, that's a bit more iconic and everything and everyone he's like oh no it. but 
we're going to put a dark twist on it, and it's going to be in a point where Superman's fighting the good guys. <laughs> like, God fucking damn it. Let, let me guess, you're going to play it backwards, or you're going to play it in all minor <laughs> keys or something, and be like, oh, oh, isn't it interesting? We're, we're, we're talking about the dark, twisted nature of Superman who's turned on himself. It's going to be very, it's going to be very artsy-fartsy and very up my own ass. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be like the Wonder Woman one, all played on like that not guitar cello uh, thing, and it's just sound like generic rock. The most rock sounding cello of all time. <laughs> or no, no, you know what they can do? They can make it like uh, Edge and Christian, and they can just like play it on kazoo's. Is what they could do. <laughs> all, all, all the themes in this movie will be played on kazoo's. Yeah, slide whistles and. <laughs> <laughs> oh jesus christ it's like uh, remember we even joked about this like when they used the like uh spider-man spider-man theme for homecoming yep. we're like wow what a clever idea they never put that in a spider-man movie you could you couldn't really do that in any of the dc films what with the themes and like general darkness and malaise they have if they busted out the john williams superman theme it would seem super out of place and give it time oh yeah what did they yeah, do Yep, yep. What did they do? Look, it, look. I'm just saying, if you do that, then for Batman, forget the Danny Elfman one, you need to go full Adam West. No, 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 That's what you gotta do. Well, I had a rumor, it's probably not true, I had a rumor that, like, that was, that, like, Flash, like, hums that when he gets in the Batmobile or something. Yeah. If that just that's probably what it's gonna. If that happens, that's probably what it's gonna be like in the cinema. Like, <laughs> I know that. I mean, I mean, that's still not <laughs> any more or less confusing than in Legends of Tomorrow. They named the Legion of Doom because freaking the Adam said, you know, like the old cartoon show. Yeah, yeah. Where it's just like Do I, I just remembered that. I just remembered that. Oh. <laughs> what do you mean, like the old cartoon? What do you mean the Legion of Doom and Super Friends existed as a cartoon in your universe? Superman and Batman were on that team, but you've also implied that they're real people too? What? <laughs> God damn it. You thought you were being so cute. That's not cute. That hurts the brain. <laughs> Every time. And I mean, really, if you do that, you just got to go all the way with it, and then the next time we see Wonder Woman... It's got to be like, you know, her TV show thing, Wonder Woman. Da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> kind of it, a far cry from crossing the trenches with, you know, a great orchestra swelling. <laughs> Beautiful score. You can basically see the tears falling down the musician's face as he plays. <laughs> no, we'll just play Wonder Woman on a speaker. <laughs> Wonder Woman. Da, 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 da. I mean, look, if you want to embrace the silliness of it, please embrace the silliness of it. But I doubt you will. No, no. I'd almost respect you for doing that. Where it's like, oh man, you never, you never go full silly. They went full silly. <laughs> Guest directed by Joel Schumacher. <laughs> you know, it's I say that, but I break one of my own rules there, making fun of Joel Schumacher. Batman and Robin was not Joel Schumacher's fault. He made it exactly no. the way they told him to. It's not that he's not a talented director. Go go watch Phone Booth. Go watch Falling Down. Go watch all Eight the Millimeter. Eight Millimeter. Go watch all these good movies he made. In a, in a different alternate universe, they let Joel Schumacher make Batman the way he wanted to. And it was good. <laughs> and it was good. Uh, imagine if we had our Rick and Morty portal gun and we could look into that universe. 
Uh, that'd be kind of weird. It would be how things were different. I mean, we we would have lost a lot of you know uh, Mr. Freeze ice puns. <laughs> that would have been unfortunate. But uh, uh, yeah, from the world of movies and cinema to the world of comic books, it was announced this week: uh, Avengers, as part of Marvel Legacy, and as of issue number six seventy five. <laughs> will be going weekly with a brand new storyline called No Surrender, which will be combining all three of the Avengers books currently going down. That's Adjectiveless Avengers, USA Avengers, and Uncanny Avengers. Adjectiveless Avengers? Yeah, or, or Vanilla <laughs> Avengers, if you want to call it, or OG Avengers. Yeah, and it's a 16-part story. 16-part story. One issue every week. It's written by all three of the writers, so it's Ewing, Zub, and Wade all taking part of this one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm kind of interested, but then I'm like, I like weed. Like, it's now a weekly series, and I just cringe. Yeah. Like has, Jesus Christ. Has Marvel even really done anything like this before? Like, usually weekly series is DC things, be it like you know, Fifty Two or Countdown or Batman Eternal or even God help us, Future's End. Yeah. Well, if they have it, it was a while ago, but saying that, like, they could barely keep up with series that were, like, every other week or every if monthly. Yeah, scheduling so, and lateness. A weekly. <laughs> scheduling and lateness is a big problem at Marvel again in this day and age. Can you handle this? Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I mean, the covers look cool. They're kind of keeping the story a little close to the chest right now and everything, but I'm just kind of like, really? If, if if I were to be a cynic, and sometimes I am called a cynic, could doing 16 weekly quick succession issues of Avengers be some sort of uh, highly elaborate ploy to get this up to, like, number 700 and a big anniversary issue very quickly? I know, that's what a lot of people are thinking. It's pr it's probably true. They, they probably think, oh, well, like, my, uh, DC are doing it with, like, although admittedly they're only doing it with two books, not, you know, 47 or so mm. books. Um, and they they are almost, I know Action Comics is coming up to 1,000 very, yeah. very soon. Uh, what, what, what's Detective on? It's coming up to 700? Uh, it's very, very close. Oh, God, I, I, yeah. I, I freaking reviewed it. It's, this it's, like, it's like 685 or something. It's, it, it's very close to 700. Uh, action will hit 1,000 first and Detective not long after it. Yeah. But, like, uh, like Action is up to, like, 988, so they're going to hit it in the next little bit. Yeah, and added, Detective is on uh, 965. 65. Yeah. So again, they're they're getting very close. Yeah, this feels like you know some suit at Marvel. It's like, oh shit, they're gonna have big milestone anniversary issues. Well, fuck, we need to have one too for our flagship book, Avengers. It's like, yeah, but we won't be able to hit it for a couple years. Well, guess what? Weekly series. Which, like, I, I, we probably have to do the math on it. But maybe if we like see like when they will both hit seven hundred and a thousand on Action Comics and Detective where Avengers would be, because I imagine it's got to be within, like, maybe a week, two weeks of each other. Mm, perhaps. Again, I'm bad at math, if you can't tell, and I'm <laughs> bad at reading a calendar, so I don't I just know. don't want to work it out. It's, 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 it's a Monday morning. Yeah, don't, don't worry. This is, this is the internet. People will be correcting us in the comments section down below. I mean, I'm interested in this. I mean, because it's kind of like new uncharted waters for them, but at the same time, too, I'm just kind of like, all right, I mean... Yeah, right. yeah. 
I, I don't know what it, what it's going to be about. So well, well, apparently this is like I'm sure you've seen the photos floating around there, but this story is going to be tying into the Who is Voyager thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because apparently she's now part of um, the Avengers. Now been like retconned in as like an original member. Right, because again, if you read Legacy and if you see like the uh, statue. On the cover of No Surrender, she's back there with the original team when they first formed and everything. And the idea being like, oh, you know, how did she come to be? Why did people forget about her? It's it's basically the Sentry all over again. It's There was a missing Marvel character who always existed, but you didn't know about them. Isn't there some mutant that's like that as well? Oh, Forget-Me-Not, yeah. Yeah, we, we ironically forgot about him. Yeah, forget. But what a hilarious <laughs> mutant. What a tragic mutant, too. Forget me not. What's his power? Oh, you forget him right after meeting him. Yeah, and he's been part of the X Men from the very beginning. <laughs> he's a member right now. You just never see him. <laughs> that's that's some horrible, like, Lovecraftian shit there. Like, that's like a, a curse from, like, an ancient deity. And everyone will forget you after meeting you. And you'll also be immortal. <laughs> Yeah, it's like something you get from opening a box from an old tomb or something. Yeah, yeah, really. That's, I mean, that's just hellish right there. That's a hellish punishment, forget me not. <laughs> that's like some ancient Greek shit. That's a million times worse than the dude who's got to push the boulder up the hill for eternity, only for it to crush him on the way down every day. <laughs> or, or what is it, the dude who, like, the buzzards eat his organs every day, but at night they regrow and they do it all over again. Yeah, yeah. Greeks were fucked up, Matt. They were. They yeah. were. Ancient Greeks, man. Just all, all your shits. Your shits scary. I tell ya. It, it's funny too. You know, I mention, I, I mentioned the Sentry. The Sentry has been missing since like the original Uncanny Avengers. They made him a horseman, bringing him back from the dead, and then he just took off into space, and we never saw him again. Yeah, I gotta imagine he's coming back soon. He's gotta be. You would think. I mean, like, of all the characters they could have brought back, and indeed, if you pay attention to the end of the show, we'll be talking about Marvel Legacy and characters that came back. I'm shocked they didn't allude to Sentry in any way. Well, again, talking like what we're going to be talking about, there might be a series that might be coming because of the nature of it that might allude to it because they're looking for other people. Mm-hmm. And they could stumble upon him. They possibly could. Uh, the interesting thing about Voyager 2 is that, uh, what is it, The one of the creators involved, I think it was Breverut or someone, was like, you know, oh, lots of fans will be scouring their uh, Marvel Universe encyclopedias to see if they've seen this character or to see if they've been here before, to which I say good luck. I think we found out, too, that her name was Valeria, but her last name is not Richards, which has led a lot of people to the idea where it's like, oh, is this a grown-up Valeria from maybe, like, another universe or someone who's jumped forward in time? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To which I guess that would be kind of interesting, where, like, she, using her godlike powers and brains, you know, messes with time to make herself always a member of the Avengers. Yeah, I think that would be pretty interesting. Again, if they're tying it into the Fantastic Four in any way, I'll, I'll be all about it. Yeah, yeah. I'll be I'll be on board with that one. So yeah, that's uh, that's that news, everybody. And continuing on this Marvel bet that we're on, it was just announced just before we started a brand new twelve issue miniseries. Old Man Hawkeye is coming out, and it's going to be a prequel to Old Man Logan. Why? Why? Yeah, this it's like I was fine with like the Old Man Logan series. I thought that was cool and it was fun. I was cool with Old Man Logan's universe officially becoming a possible future. 
for Marvel in Civil War 2, and I think even, like, Edge of Venomverse says the same thing, where it's like, oh yeah, this is an official possible future now. Now Old Man Hawkeye is getting a prequel, and now I'm like, okay, I think you're sucking this story's dick a little too hard now. Yeah, is, is Old Man Hawkeye coming back to 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 the past now? Is, is, is he gonna is he gonna be like a, a mainstay now and like an Avengers team? Uh, apparently, this is him traveling around before he loses his sight, fighting a bunch of the villains who took over Earth. Yeah, yeah. In, in his Mad Max cards, where I'm like, okay, there could be something there. There could be something, but at the same time, I'm like, did we really need this? Yeah, and it's 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 not written by Mark Millar or no. anyone like that. It's written by who's it written by? I only like glanced at the news. Someone you've never heard of before. He's a TV writer. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, like <laughs> no, already, no yeah, already I raise an eyebrow. Like if it was Miller or even if it was Lemire, who's both written Hawkeye and wrote that Old Man Logan series, I would have been cool with it. In fact, I might even have been on board with it. But here, I'm just like, I don't like this. No, no. I don't like how this feels. Also, 12 issues, really? Yeah, yeah. That seems excessive for old man Hawkeye. Hawkeye whose books regularly get cut short before 12 issues. <laughs> I mean, shit, I mean, it got to the point now where it's like, okay, well, now you got to share a book with your sidekick, and uh, you're going to be getting a little mini-series that you got to share with Black Widow and Winter Soldier. We, we don't think you're strong enough, Clint, to hold up a project on your own, unless you're old. Yeah, unless you're old. That's interesting. Yeah, old gotta, and blind. Yeah, you gotta be old and blind as shit, is what you gotta be. <laughs> and somewhere Daredevil's in the background like, motherfucker stole my bit. <laughs> I've been blind forever and we don't get old man Murdoch in the future. <laughs> old man Murdoch is even alliterative and I still don't get it. <laughs> don't people want to know what I'm like when I'm older? Actually, I think Mark Wade told that story, actually, about what happens to Matt Murdoch when he gets old. I think so, yeah. He did, and his, like, near the tail end of his Daredevil run, we did, like, a one-shot where we go to the future, and he's got a wife and a kid and everything. Oh, and the deal is, his powers actually get stronger as he gets older. Yeah. So he can hear, smell, and feel, like, a million times better, and he's, like, god-level with that now. That's awesome. Yeah, which is really smart. I really dig that. So, yeah, believe it or not, everyone, that was the news for this week. Not a hell of a lot to talk about, mainly because this is the week before New York Comic Con, and both Marvel and DC are going to have huge panels at the show, and there's usually one or two really juicy pieces of news and announcements that come out from it. Yeah, so I imagine next week's going to be pretty packed. Yeah. Also, you won't be seeing me at New York Comic Con. I made this announcement on Twitter, but I should probably make it official here. Uh, yeah, due to extenuating circumstances, I couldn't make it this year. Sucks. Wanted to go. But, hey, now that I'm not going, I'll actually be able to keep up on news. So if something big breaks, I'll be sure to talk about it. <laughs> well, I know a bunch of the panels are actually getting live streamed. Yes, the DC one is, which is pretty impressive. Because yep. if you'll recall... When they did it before, they did it to announce DC Rebirth, then they did it again to announce Super Sons and Batwoman, and I get the distinct feeling they're going to announce something pretty freaking big at this show, too. Yeah, and I obviously, like, Doomsday Clock's getting a uh, a big push, so, yes, yeah. Yes, yes it is. So it's, it's interesting times, for sure. Yep. Very interesting times. And uh, with that, everyone, I can guess uh, we can hop on into what we read this week. There's at least three huge-ass books that came out this week that we'll be talking about, so be sure to stick through the entire show to hear what we talk about. But first things first, I will throw things over to Matt and let him start. 
Alrighty. Um. Yeah. So we're going to leave our last three books to the last. Uh. Big three books to the last bit. I think uh, you but know first, what they are. I think I know what they are. Uh. But first, I want to talk about is, uh, Batman: The Murder Machine. Yes, I read this too. Pretty cool. It was cool. cool. Probably the coolest cyborg-related story I've read since like Forever Evil when he teamed up with the Metal Man. The, the the interesting thing here is is that it's not a like we all assumed that when we saw those Batman they're all like oh it's Batman fused with mm. Aquaman and that's not the case here no 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 he's they, not he's not fused with Cyborg at no, all they swerve you yeah which is uh, really cool he's he's fused with an AI Alfred yeah yeah that's that's really clever you know obviously. Red Death was playing on this idea that Batman can have power envy and he feels like he can never do enough. Murder Machine is built around the idea that Batman fears being alone so much that when Alfred dies, he tries to put his brain into a computer. And I mean, if you've ever watched a story about AI before, of course the AI goes crazy and starts killing people. Yeah, uh, like as soon as it was turned on in this issue it started killing people like bane and everything i'm like i guess it went after bane because bane was the one who killed alfred that's that's record time for an ai going crazy as soon as you flip it on <laughs> now, it makes sense though the alfred protocol which scott snyder has mentioned several times in his own work is invented for the sole purpose of protecting batman and this is what the computer thought would protect him by killing all his enemies yeah and batman doesn't He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this. Shockingly okay with this. Again, like the Red Death one, the, these Batman aren't villains. No. They're just like people that are like pushed to the edge, or in this case, emotionally unstable. Yeah, it's that literal, you know, uh, fork in the road, uh, there but for the grace of I go me moment is what it is. Like these could easily have been the Batman of our Earth, but it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, and that's what kind of makes them. Uh, perfect candidates, I guess, for the Batman who laughs. Definitely. It's, it's kind of clever, too, that, you know, Cyborg is actually the perfect one to tell this story because they draw a very interesting parallel between Victor's kind of strained relationship with his own father and yeah. Bruce Wayne's surrogate father-son relationship with Alfred. Yeah, yeah, the very fathers and sons. It is, and that Bruce uses that to guilt trip Victor Stone into helping him out, being like, what if it was your father, Vic? You know, I would have helped you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Batman, that's, that's one of his martial arts you never learned. You know, he's got Krav Maga, Penchat, Salat, guilt tripping. <laughs> he's a master black belt in guilt tripping. <laughs> he studied with the <laughs> finest Jewish mothers all over the world. <laughs> to guilt trip the shit out of his friends. <laughs> and then, you know, that Earth goes to hell pretty goddamn quick because, of course, you know, the Alfred bots are like, assimilate, assimilate. Yeah, and just take over everything. And then he moves over, over onto Prime Earth, onto Detroit, which, like, really? It's kind of already destroyed. destroyed. <laughs> it's an important key point in taking over the world. As soon as Detroit falls, everything will fall. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, see, I, I like to think that was just the Dark Knights fucking with Cyborg in particular. Like, yeah, now we're going to take over Detroit where your dad is. Yeah, well, well, he also got to take over the um, Watchtower as well and sort of change it into this big monolith-looking yeah. thing. U uniquely suited to taking over the Watchtower, I like, where it's like, dude, I'm basically just you. I can hack into computers. I can teleport anywhere. Yeah, I, w I wonder if they're going to do like what um, Steel did back in in one of the JLA issues where he uses the the whole watchtower as like an exosuit. Ooh, 
be cool. That that yeah. would also tie in very nicely to Cyborg in the Technus Imperative when he became like a big giant space horror. Yeah, yeah. That would be very much up their alley. It's it's funny too. This issue made me laugh because you open it up and it's just Cyborg at the Watchtower, and I'm like, oh yeah, here's here's Cyborg guarding the base again for a big event. What else is new? Yeah, this is is like his job. Like, oh, world-ending thing. You better get up to the the Watchtower. It's your uh, your patrol time. <laughs> Look, Vic, we gotta go save the world. The Trinity is missing, but you really need to water the plants and feed the fish on the uh, on the Watchtower. Martian Manhunter ain't here to do it. You've got to do it. <laughs> you got to do it. It's like, look, guys, is this a race thing? No, it's an age thing. It's because you're a teen. You're basically a kid. That's why. You're, yeah, you, a kid who shouldn't be on the Justice League. <laughs> you, we we literally treat you like our gopher. We literally treat you like our coffee boy for this team. <laughs> And somewhere Vic is up there on the watchtower. He's got like a picture of the Teen Titans and he's looking at it lovingly. Someday. Yeah, someday. Caresses it. Caresses it. <laughs> then he puts it down. He's like, aww. <laughs> Poor Cyborg. This will forever be his legacy. <laughs> As a Justice Leaguer, Cyborg, he answered the phones. <laughs> Cyborg, one time they needed him to pick them up and they did. He was the driver, basically. <laughs> And somewhere John Stewart's like, I'm not saying I'd be a better addition to the team, I'm just saying like I, they'd let me do shit. Yeah, no, I, I've got connections, you know. Yeah. Hawkman's like, hey, I'm kind of important now. If I come back, can I be on the league again? <laughs> Hawkwoman's like, hey, what about me? I can do everything he can do and more. <laughs> and Cyborg's like, why are you all trying to take my job? Seriously. <laughs> Stop Stop making your arguments about why you would be better members of the team. I'm still getting my movie in 2020, li right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but Flash is coming to, like, keep an eye on you. <laughs> Get chaperone. I feel so bad for Cyborg. Like, I don't mean to shit on him. I wish he was treated better than the writers treat him. <laughs> He's so clearly an afterthought in every Justice League story since the new 52. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> it's always like, the Trinity, the greatest superheroes ever, two Green Lanterns, the Flash, Aquaman, and Cyborg, we guess. Yeah, a cybernetic quarterback. <laughs> yeah, and Cyborg, he's here too. <laughs> He'll help out if it's like a sports-themed bar trivia, or you need someone to hack something. He'll help. <laughs> it's funny, too, because it's like, you know, all the stuff he can do, it's like, oh, well, he hacks. Well, yeah, Batman can hack, too. Yeah, and then the Green Lanterns can use their rings to hack. <laughs> yeah, and they can also green use their lanterns to like help you travel through space and get from point A to point B. <laughs> what what does Cyborg actually offer? It's like, oh, well, he can open boom tubes with his alien technology. They used to just be able to do that in old Justice League. They'd like Yeah, I, I'm switch. fairly certain they have a boom tube. <laughs> yeah, they do have they have like a mother box generator. They just flip a switch and it happens. <laughs> But yes, Murder Machine was good. Frank Terry did a good job. Yeah, it was really cool. I like, too, that these, like, you know, one-shots, they give you the origin of the Dark Knights, but they also build the story forward, too, as well. We saw how Red Death fucked up Central City, 
and we now see how uh, what is it they took over the watchtower and why the heroes won't be able to use the watchtower. Yeah. That, that that's right. Just speaking of like shitting on on Cyborg, like he didn't just get wailed on by the murder no. machine. He got wailed on by all of them, including Every- Devastator. Yeah. Oh yeah. He got wailed on by everybody. It's funny because he loses almost right away to murder machine. Yeah. Then five more guys come in and start kicking him <laughs> while he's down, and I'm like, ow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hint. 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 And then, and then, even in the flashback, like like Flashborg Cyborg is kind of like you know more heroic. Whereas like, yeah, and then Cyborg rallied the Justice League to fight this technological threat that he was fifty percent responsible for. And then Murder Machine rips his head off like Mortal Kombat. <laughs> and I'm like, Victor just can't catch a fucking break, can he? <laughs> I, I was reading someone's pitch that was actually kind of interesting, where it's like, what if they actually made like a robot team? That was like Cyborg, Robot Man, maybe a couple of the Metal Men, uh, Red Tornado, and they just had like a whole Robo Justice League. Wouldn't that be interesting? That'd be pretty cool. I'd read that. That'd be fun. They they have a lot to talk about. Stories would like revolve around Batman trying to disassemble them because <laughs> hey, we can't trust them. Can't trust them fucking robots. You see Batman just walking around with like a tire iron. <laughs> Trying to take them apart. It's like, stop. Seriously, stop. You're embarrassing. It's like throwing seawater on them to make them rust. <laughs> yeah, take that. <laughs> I don't trust these machines. <laughs> They're going to steal my credit card information. Look, no, Batman. We're not going to I mean, we could steal your credit card information, but we won't. <laughs> but yeah, Murder murder Machine was fun. What's what's the next one? Devastator? Uh, no, it's uh, Dawnbreaker. The right, the Green Lantern. Green Lantern one. That'll yeah. be interesting, because they've toyed with Batman having lantern shit before. He's been a yellow lantern, he's had green for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be... It looks really interesting as well. It does. Now, now, is Dawnbreaker a man or a woman, or is Dawnbreaker very androgynous? It's, it's a man. It's like young Bruce Wayne. Right. Huh. This'll be interesting. They've, all, they've yeah. all been interesting so far. If they can keep up this level of quality, I'll be very interested moving forward. Yeah, yeah. and they've been coming out on time as well. They have been. we got a new one every week. So it's like, even though we got all this Oz stuff happening and we got all these other storylines going on, you get your Dark Knights, Phil. Yeah. Did you see um, Scott Snyder also put out, like, like a timeline of when all this takes place? Like, apparently it's like Rebirth, then Metal, yeah. and then, like, Oz and all that sort of stuff. He did it on a whiteboard, too, which I appreciated. Yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> More comic writers should do this, where it's like, hey, man, here's just my actual notebook of when I was making this shit happen. <laughs> yeah, just follow this. <laughs> yeah, just follow this. So, yeah, M- Murder Machine was pretty solid. Uh, another book I had this week, it was a, we had two Generations book this week, but this one was the finale. Uh, Generation, Sam Wilson, and Steve Rogers. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. Me too. It was the it, it was many things. It was the last generations and the best generations book, I think by yep. far. Mm-hmm. Uh mainly cuz it had so many reasons to exist. It was the finale of Secret Empire cuz it takes place like 5 minutes after Secret Empire. Mm-hmm. And it's the final word on Nick Spencer's Captain America run, both of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it kind of was like the finale issue for both those series. It was. It was very huge. Like it's so it was so big and so important. I'm like, "Man, I hope when they do the Secret Empire omnibus, they they should really put this one in there." 
Yeah, put it in there last, the last thing you read for it. It's very necessary in that way, and uh, it's also probably the one that plays with the concept of Generations more than any other one. You you wrote this on Twitter yeah. where you're like, man, most of these heroes only got to go back and hang out with their progenitor for like, uh, what is it, like like an hour a day at most. Yeah. Sam had 70 years. He, he did, man. He, he like dropped, got dropped off it like in like 1940 or something, mm-hmm. 1942, and then just like spent the next 70 years just living his life fighting through world war ii and all this stuff just hanging out in a way getting to have the life that his mentor never had and the life that he never had which i think a lot of people miss i know a lot of people are like well okay so sam got to live a second life and he got to be captain america's background sounding board that's a bit of a demotion you could definitely read it like that i read it as he got to do all the stuff he could never do yeah, he got to step out of the spotlight and actually be a, his own man. Yeah, he got yeah exa- his own man, even free of superhero dumb. Although he was a superhero too. Yeah, and yeah, I was kind of uh, uh, kind of confused about why people were were like kind of shitting on it for a little bit there. I'm like, it's it's really good. Yeah, you're obviously not reading it right. It's well, it's it's definitely. I can't blame them because the knee jerk reaction is like, oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's like if he had 70 years, why didn't he just run around as Captain America in 70 years? Because it's not like you can use the standard, oh, well, that would have messed with the timeline thing. As we find out in this issue right at the end, none of the Generations books were actually time travel stories. No. No, they were something completely different. I'm like, why did you wait till the last one to tell us? <laughs> well, keep us on our toes. <laughs> I guess so. I guess that's why. And, you know, like, Sam gets to see a Steve who is unsure of himself, who is new and just starting out and everything, and Sam kind of gets to give the inspiration that he gave him back, in a way, and he gets to, like, push mm-hmm. him forward and everything, and it's kind of like, you know, the the student has become the mentor type thing. Yeah, really, yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of that happening. He gets to fight for civil rights and everything. He gets to be a pastor like his brother and father always wanted him to. And then, mm-hmm. again, because it's not time travel, he actually gets to see as a third party as he himself is given the shield for the first time. Yeah, as the younger Sam. Become, and, and, and Cap even comes to him and says, hey, this younger guy named Sam Wilson, should he be Captain America? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be a heavy load. I, I wouldn't wish this on anyone, even my best friend. And, you know, it's... it's it was well handled. I thought it was a really nice kind of love letter to Sam where it's like, you know, I, I did it all in my time. I, even if my run as Cap was cut short thanks to this story, I got to do literally everything. Yeah, yeah. I did all the things. And it's funny, too, it even gives us, like, the actual framing device of Generations, which I wish they had started with this, too, and that is that all these stories we're hearing are literally the superheroes being interrogated by the government about where Kobik went. Yeah, and where they decided, where they went through the vanishing point, and none of them told them anything. No, because fuck, <laughs> fuck the police and fuck the government. <laughs> Especially fuck the government, like, post-secret empire takeover, where it's like, oh yeah, you're the government, huh? Yeah, you're the ones who let this happen. <laughs> yeah, re- and they literally go, man, what a crazy year we had. Let's go have waffles. <laughs> this year was fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we all have PTSD now. <laughs> yeah, I haven't eaten in like six months. <laughs> yeah, really. This was this was dark, man. This was harsh. Also, too, this book mentions what we'll talk about when we talk about legacy, and that is Shield is disbanded now. Mm, yeah, they're no longer a thing. 
I mean, can't blame them. They dropped the ball super fucking hard, and their leader, Captain America, your evil Steve, <laughs> took over the world. If you don't get disbanded for that, what do you get disbanded for? <laughs> Although they seek to be implying that whoever replaced them is, like, worse or something, because, like, they don't actually like mention the world like uh national security league or whatever like the, the those shadowy guys from the movie the rumor is that they were supposed to be the next thing but maybe that idea got scuttled but maybe they're still kind of here in name only yeah i was kind of hoping that like maybe aim would come in and overtake him because aim is obviously being run by um uh roberto Sunfire, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's doing good with the U.S. Avengers and everything, so I was uh, kind of hoping that he would step in well, for that. Well, wasn't AIM a subsidiary of S.H.I.E.L.D. by the end? What happened with that? No, they were working for the government. Right, but, but well, not for well, S.H.I.E.L.D. It happened, in, in, in this week's um, U.S. Avengers, uh, Roberto kind of, like, takes them private, oh. kind of, sort of, because they had this obvious Trump... Polit political guy saying, "Oh, we need to get rid of all these immigrants on your team and oh, all that sort of stuff." It was. It wasn't. It wasn't subtle at all. Um, <laughs> Dude, I am an immigrant. Well, hey, you know, you know that, <laughs> real life isn't subtle anymore. So why should art be subtle anymore? <laughs> yeah. So he just like, oh, well, I quit being aim supreme leader, and I'm going to take the group public. Interesting, man. They, well, what a fucking journey the USA Avengers have been on. I got to catch up from that. From being the aim Avengers and new Avengers. To being the USA Avengers to now being the public out third Avengers team. I really like the team makeup as well. The team makeup is really interesting. I I'm happy the book lasted that long. I remember reading issue one and going, wow, what an awesome first issue. This book will never make it, but it's made it. Yeah, I know a lot of people are, um, uh, are complaining that it wasn't, it, it, it's kind of straight away from what those first issues was, where it was like Golden Skull mm. and LMDs and everything. But I, I attribute that to it being part of events like right. Secret Empire and everything. I imagine it'll go back to that once they're, it gets back into the weekly. They're, they're going to space in Legacy, right? They got to find Cannonball. Yeah, yeah, that was what the end of this issue kind of hinted at. Right. I think you were a fan of this, too, because you've been reading New Avengers almost since the beginning, and they basically tell one solid story from New Avengers till now. Mm, yeah, yep. Which, man, they've had a pretty good frickin' run in that regard. So, yeah, I mean, that was Generations uh, Captain America. I really dug it. I would say... Yeah, I did as well. It's, it's the best one, and it's a really nice send-off, and it's a really nice kind of, like, entry point for the new Captain America book, whatever that one may be. Yep. So yep. I definitely give that one a look out. What else did you have happening? Uh, let's take a look. Um, I had, oh, going back to metal for a second, Suicide Squad issue 26. I didn't get a chance to read that yet. How was it? It was okay, but it suffered from the same stuff the, the Nightwing Mr. Freeze one did, whereas Poison Ivy, who's the, the metal-infused villain in this issue, the, the level doesn't... Boss doesn't get anything really night like, i was hoping because obviously harley quinn's involved in this book i was hoping that they do yeah. i was hoping they would do something with that like maybe harley's able to convince her to help them or something and use the the metal powers for good rather than evil but none of that ever ha happens they actually end up just running away from her oh really that's unfortunate <laughs> run away from her run past mad hatter for a moment because <laughs> he's he's in the book for some reason um and they end up fighting the the Teen Titans and the, the Suicide Squad who show up. Right. Man, Man, I hope Gotham resists. I hope the first one wasn't the best one and they all go downhill yeah. after that. 
Well, I think the next one in the Green Arrow one, I think they're fighting the the, the Batman who laughs. Oh, I think. Yeah. I mean, we know they can't win because metal is still ongoing. <laughs> Although, oh, when... you, maybe that'd be like they like kill him and he's like gone for the rest of the series. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be fucked up if he wins? It's like, yeah, I bet you didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> Because <laughs> it's like Batman Who Laughs is not the main villain of the event. It's Barbatos. Yeah, they, they're like kind of like positioning him like he is. We've definitely seen and heard more of him in the last couple issues than we have Barbatos. Well, he's the one who's like responsible for the other Batman and all everything. And together, he, yeah. Yeah, and going to all these universes and everything. Also, let's answer this once and for all. I mentioned this on the weekly poll this week, and I think I should mention it here for our fans. How do you pronounce it? Is it Barbatos? Is it Barbatos? Is it Barbados? I say, I, I say, uh, Barbatos, Barbatos. I don't know. It's, it's really I like sounded out Barbatos. Barbatos. <laughs> I want to say uh, Barbatos or Barbatos, but then I'm like, that sounds too close to Barbasol, and that's not frightening at all. <laughs> He's a giant can of Barbasol. Oh no, Barbasol's coming to get us, everybody! Get down! <laughs> I come from the evil shaving cream dimension! <laughs> that's that's what this has all been about. Barbatos has come to this dimension to steal their reserves of shaving cream. <laughs> I come from a horrible universe... It's the, it's the new metal. <laughs> I come from a horrible universe where there's nothing but beards and everyone is unclean-shaven. <laughs> this is all I want, really, really, dude. You just, you just wanted some shaving. I mean, like, dude, we could, we could give you some shaving cream. You didn't, you didn't need to do all this evil gate nonsense. <laughs> you didn't need to drop Batman into a molten hot lava. <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't. Oh, man, you know, sorry. I'm just, I'm, I'm always overdoing things. That's what my wife always told me. I'm sorry, guys. We, we cool, we cool, pound it. <laughs> And then Barbatos went back to his own dimension, <laughs> and he died on the way home. <laughs> It's funny, too, because like, when I stop and think about it, we really haven't actually seen Barbatos yet. We saw him in the background with all the other Dark Knights, but he was wearing like a big like bat hood, so we don't even know what he looks like. Yeah, I I don't know whether we actually... I think we will see him, but I don't think we'll we'll see-see him. They'll yeah. probably keep him a bit... Because I imagine he's, he's not going to like die at the end of this. They'll keep him around for every other event, every other year and everything. Yeah. And even like in the Grant Morrison stories where they made reference and stuff, we just saw like cave paintings of him or like weird hallucinations where he was just like this big spectral bat. Mm. So to yeah. think he actually has a physical form is kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, speaking of gods, this week we had a really awesome uh, finale to an arc that's been ongoing. Uh, the Mighty Thor, issue number 23. Right. Uh, you still haven't caught up on Thor, have you, Matt? No, I haven't had any time. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's busy, man. It's a busy time. But this this one was very satisfying. This was Jane Foster Thor versus Volstagg the War Thor with, you know, the fate of the ultimate hammer hanging in the balance. Yep, I remember when Volstagg was coming around. Uh, the idea is, is we actually learn a lot about the nature of the Ultimate Hammer, and that is, is that it seems to be acting something like a parasite, and that is, if you touch it, it feeds on, like, your anger and your rage and your negative emotions and everything, and that's how it was pretty much able to take control of Volstagg. Okay. 
uh, Jane ironically knocks it out of his hand, picks it up, and there's a second there where she's dual wielding two hammers. <laughs> pretty fucking sick, is what it is. But the idea is, is even she's like, oh wow, this is this is way too much power for one person to have. She's like, she basically goes Super Saiyan for a second. She's like, got all this electricity all over her, and she's like, I should really put this down. I wonder if that maybe like has something to do with that um because on the cover of the, those new Avengers books there's like this electricity coming from Mjolnir and it's forming a person Interesting. and like and people have uh, have have sort of theorized that maybe like the hammer is going to become like a hero well, and actually take on a form well as we know now not only is our Mjolnir in 616 alive the ultimate hammer is alive too, so yeah, yep. they could very easily have a personification. What's fun about this one too is that Odinson comes like on in to help save the day because Volstag's doing his whole like, no, I'm gonna summon a bloodstorm that will destroy the entire Dark Elf realm, <laughs> and then Odinson crashes into him on his flying goat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm here to help. <laughs> And then there's a great moment there where it's like, okay, so he's down and the hammer's there. Is, you know, uh, Odinson going to pick up the ultimate hammer now? And he's like, nah, I'm pretty sure this shit's too evil. I'm going to send it away. And he literally, like, nags the hammer into flying away. <laughs> he's like, shoot, shoot, bad hammer, go away, bad hammer. <laughs> and the hammer legit fucks off to be a problem another day. And I'm like, oh, yes, yeah, so someone's going to pick up that hammer. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but one day. Yeah, someone will come around and pick it up. Yeah, we're not done with War Thors yet. I think I like this idea they're stating there where it's like, look, there's a hammer, but it's not as good as Mjolnir. Like, you need to be pretty pure of heart and pretty, like, zen or it'll fuck with you. Yeah, you gotta you gotta have your 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 vitality up a bit bit higher and all the way. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta put your right stats on there. <laughs> I, I kind of like this idea where it's like a, a hammer that's a blessing and a curse at the same time because it's like, oh, it's powerful, but it carries with it the rage of a universe that was destroyed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's pretty clever. That's pretty cool. And again, I still think this whole death of Jane Foster thing, which that's what the next arc is going to be starting with, like issue 700 or seven whatever for Thor. Ooh. I think that's what, again, because they're saying, like, oh, the death of Jane Foster. I would not be surprised if it's just like, okay, the Jane Foster character dies, but Lady Thor gets to continue. Yeah, I could definitely see them doing something like that. Because I think she's been a real surprise hit for them, almost to the point where I feel like Jason Aaron intended her to die this way, where mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, I gave her cancer, I gave her a ticking clock, of course she's going to die. But you now see her in, like, cartoons and shit. And she's gotten, like, really popular, and, like, she's all over their multimedia now to where it's like, well, does she have to stay dead for long, though? Yeah, I kind of get the feeling he's probably meant to kill her, like, a while ago. Yeah. Like, a long time ago. Not not get to where it is now. To where it's like, well, now she's got, like, two very well-received, very highly-selling volumes under her belt. In fact, I don't know if it's still the case, but, like, female Thor was outselling male Thor at a point. <laughs> Which it's like, hey, it's like, I, I don't know if Marvel needs more books at this time, but if they spun Jane out into her own book, I'd read it. They don't need more books. God, really no. Don't. It's, it's too much. Which, hey, you know what? To say about Avengers No Surrender, at least they'll be getting rid of two books for that, like, 16-issue run. Yeah. At least they'll be doing that. But yeah, didn't you crunch the numbers? Isn't it something like 53 or something like that? Yeah, compared to when, and that's just the ones tied in with Legacy that are getting like that little banner at the top. Mm -hmm. So that's 
that does and people were saying that doesn't include stuff like runaways and right. uh, I guess all the other series that probably Punisher Platoon and stuff like that. Yeah, that's but right. yeah, it's like it was like fifty three, fifty four, whereas compared to like when DC Rebirth started and it's still going, they only have like thirty two, thirty three books, and they haven't canceled anything yet. Nope. Which is shocking. Like again, even stuff like Cyborg and Blue Beetle and Superwoman are continuing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty damn impressive. And again, like I can understand Marvel's approach. It's like, oh, we want to offer a book for all tastes is what we're going to do. And because of that, yeah, they have some pretty interesting little successes there that sell like really good on digital and Amazon and everything. But I can also understand why it's freaking out the shops where it's like, guys, guys. It's not even so much about you competing with DC right now. You're competing with yourself for shelf space. And, and and the thing is as well, like each one of those gets like, you know, 10, 20 variants and lent, fucking lenticular covers and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's a real thing. It's like, look, either embra- embrace digital for some of these or like do something. And I don't think they've... they've um drop prices on any of them whereas no. dc did like like i think someone was saying like it cost 5.99 for legacy yeah and it was like 50 odd pages whereas dc rebirth it was 83 pages mm. 80 pages and cost 3.99 yeah a lot of a lot of people are really steamed about the price point on that one yeah can't uh, can't say i can blame them but yeah that was that was thor everyone that's wicked awesome can't wait for a legacy Thor. Jason Aaron has been writing one hell of an epic from like Marvel now to now. Yeah, it's been going for a while. It has been going, and I mean, I think when this is done, he's going to be right up there in the echelon of like great Thor writers. I think like him, yeah. Walt Simonson, Straczynski. Even though technically Straczynski never got to finish his run because Straczynski never gets to finish anything. <laughs> but man, those unfinished volumes are pretty good, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, he got to finish uh, Superman Earth One. He sure did. Uh, I think Jurgens had a Thor run for a bit. I don't remember that one year as well, but everyone keeps telling me the Jurgens Thor run was pretty good. Yeah, I, I can't even remember it. No, I think he fought Thanos. I think it was like very cosmic Thor. Uh, okay, that sounds like Jurgens. Yeah, sounds a lot like Jurgens. Uh, now, what else did you have, Matt? Um. Uh, oh, uh, Infamous Iron Man issue twelve, the Again. final issue. Didn't read this yet. Super stoked for it, though. I did leaf through the pages, though. It's Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom fighting uh, Mephisto. Yeah, and it's awesome. It's, it's, it's even funny because, like, Mephisto's, like, talking. It's like, this isn't fair, you know. Doctor Strange wasn't meant to be here. If he's here, it's you're too OP, <laughs> you know. And, you know, I, I, you're, I, you have to suffer because, you know, the universe isn't interfering with any, any of this. So <laughs> it, it kind of seems like they want you to suffer. So you need to die or whatever he wants to do with doom um but doom ends up killing him or banishing him to hell or whatnot and um he just kind of goes back being iron man for a little bit there uh he decides like, oh, i gotta go finish off rounding up hydra That's uh, right. some hide some Hydra base in Brazil. It was really weird seeing having him not being in in Secret Empire. Yeah, that is. I wonder if that was Bendis working like his uh, what you call it, uh, his clout, being like, "Look, I don't want to have to be involved with this story, and I don't want anyone touching my story." Yeah, like it, it, it never. It's never even referenced like what Doom was up to in there. Like they could just say, "I just hit out in the astral plane, or coming up with yeah. a plan." <laughs> but yeah, no, but, um, they, they don't even mention him. 
yeah, he wants to just go about being Iron Man, but Ben Grimm doesn't want him to. Ben Grimm wants him locked up, and for, for that, reasons. for that, he sends Ben Grimm to Amsterdam, and yeah. <laughs> I don't exactly know what he does. He like gives him like an apartment or something, <laughs> and just says like, yeah, yeah, chill here, you know, I'm not gonna fight you, just chill, <laughs> just chill. Um, I got you an yeah, MTV he... crib. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, he yeah, have have one of my many cribs. <laughs> it's baller as shit. There's like a <laughs> there's a whole garage of people making Nikes just for you. <laughs> yeah, thing sized Nikes. <laughs> the chandelier is made of fine chicken dinners I've had throughout my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the fridge is um, filled of dodo eggs because that's baller. Well, what was really cool is that it it sets up. I guess what's going to be happening in Invincible Iron Man with yeah. him, whereas we get to see all the villains he put away, the 42 or 32 villains he yeah. put away, and they're all like, hey, man, fuck Doom. He, he broke the code, man. He, 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 he snitched on us. Broke the villainous bro code. <laughs> and they're all like, okay, man, we, we, we'll break out of prison at once and go get him, and I'll just make a call. One of them says, I'll just phone up a guy. He can break us out. Nice. Yeah, and, and and the ending is re- is really interesting as well because I think he 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 had he had a relationship with that Amara woman, yes, didn't he? Him and Tony both did. Yeah, so she's pregnant now, and I guess she doesn't know who the father is. Might be Doctor Doom, might be Tony. Yeah, it might be a little Doom baby. Oh, little Doom babies. Uh oh. <laughs> the the heir to Lotveria, the heir to Doom. <laughs> Give him a little bit, little Doom armor. Oh. It's adorable. <laughs> baby's first Doom armor. Aw. And hey, it's already made of bronze, so you don't need to bronze it like the baby shoes when it's done. <laughs> See, Dr. Doom thinks ahead. <laughs> he knows what's up. Yeah. Hey, this might also be like a catalyst for Dr. Doom to break bad again, where she's like, no, I don't want you to see your kid. You're like an evil, slightly reformed supervillain. <laughs> like, well, uh, yeah, uh, at this point, he's still... He's still a good guy, and I'm glad he is. I did, I'm glad it didn't like at the end he, him seeing his mother and everything turn him evil again. Yeah. I mean, it's only a matter of time until he gets evil. And, I mean, once Tony gets yeah. back in his body, which I'm sure will be soon, I can only imagine some sparks are going to fly between him and Doom. Yeah, well, well, Tony kind of wanted Doom to be Iron Man, didn't he? Or, or kind of, sort of, like, he, he was toying with the idea, and then Doom's like, that's a good idea, I've already built a suit, um, bye. The, the the AI he left behind sure didn't want him to be uh, Iron Man, but then again, that AI is also a little evil and maybe a little d- untrustworthy. Yeah. <laughs> Although it will be interesting, though, if Tony's like, okay, I'm back, I'm going to be Iron Man again, and Doom's like, nah, nah, I'm, I'm being Iron Man now. You, I, you I would actually that. like if, if he didn't be, he, he came back and was like, I, I'm done with that shit. Yeah, I'm done. Interesting. Well, I mean, I'm just going to run my company with my mum. He, he literally could now because you got Riri there and you got Dr. Doom and be like, nah, I yeah. think the world's set for Dr. Dooms. So I think we're all right. Yeah, and maybe that AI Tony might stay around so he's got that in a suit as well, like in Secret Empire. He can have a whole new Iron Legion. <laughs> oh, because that always worked out well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that never went horribly wrong. But <laughs> then again, that's every Tony Stark story ever. This will never go horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> also, too, things are going so well. I've decided I'm gonna start drinking again. <laughs> yeah, just a sip, just a, 
A sip on celebration days. <laughs> that's that's how Doctor Doom brings him down. Hey, so happy you're alive. Here's a bottle of the finest, most delicious scotch ever. Mm. <laughs> variant ale. Oh, I'm just gonna just gonna put that on the table. I'm gonna turn my back, and if it's gone when I turn back, that's that's you know that's just what it is. <laughs> Damn Doom, you bastard! <laughs> I got gotta go call my sponsors. Gotta go work my twelve steps. <laughs> Oh, shit. That's fun. That's good stuff. So, yeah, Iron Man. Infamous Iron Man. Big finale. Go check it out. And then I'm sure go check out Iron Man when that all starts up again, because that's going to be the continuation. Yeah, on issue, I don't know, whatever, 600 or whatever it's on. Yeah, whatever one. Whichever one. We'll have to learn all the new numbers <laughs> soon enough, but not oh, today. God. <laughs> Uh, Alright, I guess the last one I had before we talk about the big guns, I had Nightwing New World Order number two. Yeah, this was a really good book. It was. This one opened up and explained everything the first issue didn't, and that is apparently in this dark alternate future, getting superpowers is as easy as getting a gun in America, aka too easy. <laughs> and people use them in road rage incidents, which is bad. <laughs> but then a lot of lobbyists are like, you know, can take my powers off my cold, dead hands. And other people are like, why Why do you need pyrokinesis to hunt deers? Does that not just seem incredibly <laughs> excessive to you? And they're like, fuck you. Yeah, it's basically rednecks hunting deer with a grenade launcher. <laughs> Look, in a world, if you outlaw superpowers, only outlaws will have superpowers, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but, but what about all these superheroes who don't look 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 you just don't understand the issues fake news <laughs> and, and nightwing no, but no, just, no, no nightwing would just drug them up with those drugs uh, yeah nightwing decides you know what this is kind of bullshit after a big fight between the justice league and the injustice league he's like look i have this device that takes away 90 percent of the superpowers from everyone on earth yeah, how we got that device, we don't know yet. That's probably got to be the next thing. It's like, yeah, who who had the God Mod device over here? Yeah, probably Batman, yeah, but well, he would never use it. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, you know what, that's actually perfect, Matt. Yeah, I found this in Batman's basement. Yeah, and everyone's like, oh, makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> and Bruce is like, didn't you see the sticky note, Dick, that said never use? <laughs> got it right next to my kryptonite ring and my Tower of Babel playbook and everything else. <laughs> Keep that all in the special basement. In the cabinet with the booze and the porn, too. <laughs> Keep it all together. <laughs> But yeah, uh, as we find out too, one of the people that he depowered was actually his wife, Starfire, and the mother of his child, Jake. Yeah, who now has his mother's powers and they're getting stronger and stronger. They also answer a very important question. It's like, okay, well, what if you don't, like, what if you weren't in an accident that gave you metahuman powers? What if you're genetically predisposed to have powers, like if you have alien DNA? And the answer is, yeah, well, then we don't actually have drugs strong enough to treat you. Yeah, which is probably why Superman's still wandering around. Have you seen that other cover of him? I did. Yeah, that looks really cool. They're they're also implying that there's like a corporate sellout Justice League too that like uh, mm. is in the pocket of this crazy New World Order government. Yeah, I'm going to be interested to find out who's on that team. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I mean, could it could it be people whose powers are easily controlled or the people like, you know, like Green Arrow or Catwoman where it's like, well, technically I'm superhuman, but only because I'm really good at one thing, not because I have powers? Probably, probably. I wouldn't be surprised if someone like Damien was on that team yeah, as the new Batman or something. Yeah, because Damien's a little sellout shit. He would be all about Yeah. That. 
and yeah. I, I'm Batman now in this new dark world order, and no one can tell me what to do. Yeah, except for Dick Grayson. <laughs> except for Dick Grayson, who was my boss, apparently. But we always had a good relay. He, he was more my dad than my dad was. <laughs> I love Dick way more. <laughs> you know, go, go read our Grant Morrison Batman and Robin run. It was really good. <laughs> But yeah, was, uh, well, also too, like because we saw another super character that was Doctor Holt, that was Mister Terrific, who's like the head yep. of science for this crazy thing. Yep, that was Mister Terrific, who also appeared at the end of the Suicide Squad book. Oh, nice! And you know it's him too because he's talking about T spheres. Yeah. Dude, dude loves his spheres, doesn't he? Yeah. Look, look, Dick. I know you're outlawed all superhumans on Earth, Anthony, but I can't. Can I keep my T spheres? You can keep your T spheres. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's all I wanted. <laughs> but if you misbehave, though, we'll take your T-spheres away from you. <laughs> no, don't take my T-spheres. They're literally all I have. That and being one of the smartest people in the world, but, like, not Batman smart, which is always unfortunate. <laughs> that's that's got to suck about Mr. Terrific, where it's like, you're this, one of the smartest, greatest minds in the universe. But for story purposes, Batman will always be smarter, though. Yeah, of course. Because, like, Marvel, you always have, like, the meeting of the big brains, like the Starks and the Reed Richards and, you know, everything else. DC does it, too, but not nearly as much. No. It would be, like, Batman, Mr. Terrific, the Doctor who's part of Firestorm, um, uh, Adam Strange, maybe, he'd be there, too. Or not Adam Strange, uh, who's there? There's too many fucking Stranges. Uh, Stephen Strange? Yeah, the, uh, the Jetpack Strange. The, yeah. The, the guy in the fucking jetpack, he'd be there a too. Adam Strange, Adam yeah, Strange, Adam Strange. yeah, he'd be he'd be fucking there too. There'd be that whole thing going on, but uh, yeah, New World Order, cool, and also bad week for Alfred, right? He dies in two separate books. Two separate books this week killed the shit out of Alfred. He just can't win. Maybe it makes up for him coming back to life in Injustice too. <laughs> I guess that's the that's the one. <laughs> also, you were telling me they killed him in Gotham, too, so it's just freaking open season on killing Alfred. Yeah, yeah, uh, on the show Gotham, like, I think at like, the end of last season they killed him. He came back, though. Yeah. I guess that's the ultimate way in the Batman universe to up the stakes, to be like, yo, they killed Alfred, though. Shit got real. Oh, God, God it's getting dark. <laughs> also, too, you know, Dick learns the ultimate lesson in this universe. If they'll do it with you, they'll do it to you, as his evil governmental regime turns on him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And all through it, though, he's like, no, I got this, man, no, I can work the system, I can work within the si- Oh, I can't work within the system? Shit. <laughs> oh, no, that system I, I made is, like, turning on me? Oh, who- the curse your inevitable betrayal. <laughs> yeah, man, I did not foresee this biting me in the ass. <laughs> Which is interesting, too, because, again, if they're doing, like, the whole equilibrium thing, and this does feel a lot like equilibrium, Yep. I wonder, uh, now he'll probably have to break out and join whatever the Resistance is, and they seek to imply that the Resistance is being led by Wally West, who's going around destroying shit? Something like that, yeah. And that makes a lot of sense, because how are you going to get a speedster to give up his powers? Yeah, you got to catch him first. <laughs> Which you can't. <laughs> and he can also come at you whenever, wherever, because he's a fucking speedster. <laughs> I could just imagine Dick being like, come on, Wally, take your pill, take your pill. He's like, no, no, you can't catch me. <laughs> you make me. Yeah, make me, Dick. I, I, I'm i not saying your name, I'm actually calling you a dick. <laughs> for making me take these pills and taking over the world and depowering all our friends. So, you know, suck it. 
Bye. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's that's why I like Flash so much. It's like, man, it's funny. They do so many stories about like Batman going to the dark side and Superman going to the dark side. Why not Barry? He's such a god mod. He could literally kill everybody, and they wouldn't know. Read read the new arc. The new arc is about Barry kind of breaking bad a little bit. He got negative speed force in him, and he's becoming a monster mash. That's right. Yeah, apparently he's still he's going to have that for a while. He's like fighting a, a brand new villain called Bloodwork at the moment, who can control people's blood. Oh, he's a bloodbender from Avatar. But yeah, he like he was he like congeals Barry's blood so he can't move and like he's in pain and everything. He's a really cool villain. Um, but yeah, it looks like he's like going to have that power for like quite a while because like wally west is training him how to use it i don't know how wally west would know how to use it <laughs> yeah um i guess his dad was an evil speedster but he never knew his dad so i i yeah i don't know <laughs> look things i've heard about my dad has told me <laughs> look i looked on the google and searched how to use negative speed force and this is what yeah, he just about. he just looked up like anger management training <laughs> Because that's what sets off Barry's power, is, like, anger. Oh, so he's <laughs> so, the Speed Hulk now. Yeah, so just, you know, count 20. <laughs> Barry smash! <laughs> Barry no like! Negative Speed Oh, uh, that, that's something that's terrifying, the Hulk with Speed Force oh, abilities. Oh, God. That's, that, that is OP. That is not even nerf that in the next update. That's nerf that now. That's broken. <laughs> but he'd be really dumb too, so it's like, would he even be smart enough to comprehend the speed force power that he has? Well, that's the thing. He'd just run and just, like, not understand what's happening and just keep running until he, like, went back in time or something disintegrated the earth in half or something <laughs> i guess until like he starved to death because like how many proteins would the hulk need to eat to run using the speed force a lot yeah yeah then he'd just start eating people and like that'd be horrifying <laughs> and then it just turns into like old man logan <laughs> he's just, like a hillbilly with speed force powers eating people and all the heroes are like man we we really need to get on this like ace <laughs> This is really bad. <laughs> this is like next. Le this is like a crisis and everything else level bad. Uh, that's a fun bit of fan fiction. So I mean, I guess with that, do you have anything else to talk about, or can we hop into our three big guns for this week? Um, I, I will just mention um, what's the book called? Uh, Wonder Woman issue thirty-one. Mm, yes, the Dark Sides. Yeah, it was the start of James Robinson's run nice. on the book, uh, and yeah, Grail comes back, and we find out that it, like her story is, she's 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 going all Highlander on mm -hmm. on on the on the old gods, so like Hercules, oh. she kills Hercules this this issue, <laughs> she I, she sucks his life force and I guess gives it to her father. Way, I guess that's a good way to clean up the old gods who are left behind from the uh, Azarello run. Yeah. It, it, she basically says that you're the old gods, we are the new gods, you have to serve us, and by doing that, you have to give us our life force. Fair enough. And, yeah, she, she's been giving her life force of these gods to her, her father, who is like a, I guess, like a 13-year-old boy now. Oh, teenage he's, he's, yeah, he's not baby Darkseid anymore, like in Metal. <laughs> he's going um, through an awkward teenage phase, Darkseid. Which is handy, because now you can gauge when this story takes place compared to Metal. <laughs> exactly. I imagine teenage Darkseid writing on his live journal, Man, life is a fuck. I can't wait until I get the anti-life equation that I don't gotta live with my mom anymore, who's also technically my daughter. 
his blog would be called the Source Wall. <laughs> yes, a million times. Yes, it would be. <laughs> uh, you know, this is a place where I upload a lot of pirating material, a lot of songs I like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good stuff. Man, in the comment section down below, everyone, give us your best Teenage Dark Side. What does Teenage Dark Side do with his day? Man, this is the link Lincoln Park. Man, I'm gonna go on Facebook <clears throat> and I'm gonna cyber bully the Teen Titans. You'll see. <laughs> We're cyborg guys. We're cyborg. <laughs> hey Garfield Logan, you should kill yourself. You should just kill yourself. <laughs> hey, hey, your family on the Doom Patrol doesn't even love you. They don't even mention you. <laughs> but then you like don't mention them either, which is weird. But like whatever, you should kill yourself. <laughs> Hey, Starfire, aren't you too old to be a teen? <laughs> you're like the den mother of the team, but you're still on the Teen Titans. Shouldn't you be on the Justice League by now? <laughs> hey, Damien, your dad's dead. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, well, your your dad is... Do you have a dad? I think you do. Just no, just no one cares who Darkseid's father is. <laughs> Actually, I think Darkseid's father showed up, like, in a weird, like, tie-in at one point. I think so, yeah. His name was, like, something-something Khan, and he's like, I am the father of Darkseid, and there is nothing interesting about me. Was it y Yuga Khan? Yep, that was him. Yeah, because he was in the recent Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps oh, issue. Oh, shit, was he really? Yeah, yeah the, the nth metal golems were trying to wake him up from the source wall. Oh, that's convenient. Yeah, but they didn't get to. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, so Wonder Woman, we we got on a great tangent about Team Dark Side, but yeah, it's good you were saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really really cool, and uh, Wonder Woman's involved in it somehow because she's now like the the heir to the Hercules fortune, oh. whatever that is. <laughs> Hercules was loaded. How did Hercules make his money? <laughs> Hercules was loaded, but he's he was like he was like on Earth pretending to be like like a Paul Bunyan guy, like oh. a like a treat. Like he was Dexter at the end of oh. at the end of Dexter. <laughs> Lumberjack. Yep. Lumberjack's coming through. No, I'm not Hercules. <laughs> yeah, and he, and he has to cut cut trees down in the middle of the nights because like he's too strong, so he cuts them in like one one swing. Right, of course. <laughs> no one can see because <laughs> he's so awesome, <laughs> and now he's so dead. Yeah, he he's, he's plenty dead. Mm-hmm. So yeah, anything else to say about Wonder Woman? Nah, it was a cool issue. Alright, and with that we can hop into the first of the three books I know everyone want to talk about. Uh, Action came out this week and we got the secret origin of Jor-El to see how he turned from Jor-El to Mr. Oz. Ooh, and it was interesting. It was dark as fuck. This is probably the darkest oh, yeah. book I read this week. Like, this was uncompromising and savage. Yeah, I really didn't expect him to go this, this, this way. No. It's uh, we literally see him the moment he is whisked away from Krypton, the moment it blows up, but not quick enough because he gets all like mangled and his face fucked up. Yeah, he gets he gets a nice big piece of kryptonite shoved through his eye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that will not buff out. That will not be cleared up with some alcohol. That's bad. And then if it's not bad enough, he lands powerless in some war torn region of Africa. Yeah, all that. Before that, Doctor Manhattan like like freezes him in time and and w lets him watch Lara die. 
they, they don't say it's Dr. Manhattan, but it's clearly Dr. Manhattan. Oh, yeah. It's, it's clearly. Clearly. It's, it's a blue light. It's an omnipotent being. He even says it had to have been an incredibly powerful being who would do this. Yeah, and just, just so people know, he's not working with Dr. Manhattan. No. He's not working with him. No, not with him at least, although Detective would seek to imply that maybe he's a prisoner of Manhattan or an unwilling accomplice. Yeah, I think he's just, he's kind of realized what Dr. Manhattan was doing to him and why he was showing him that and let him live. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting way, too, to explain where it's like, well, if he's been on Earth this long, how did he not develop powers? Well, because he had a bunch of kryptonite lodged in him and they had to keep him in the dark to hide him from the local warlord that was starving people. Mm-hmm. And then when he finally did go out, he decided to help the family who was helping uh, him, and it kind of ended bad for the family. Yeah, bit everyone in the ass. Like, he tries to do, like, the Robin Hood thing, where it's like, oh, you know, he's starving these people. I'll give them some food so they can eat, and I'll steal it from the general's camp, and then everything will be fine. Oh, oh, the kid got a taste for food? Oh, oh, he tried to trade some kryptonite for some more food? Oh, fuck, they know where I am? Oh, they killed everybody, huh? <laughs> Yo, the, ki the, the kid tattled? Yeah, and then the general forced the kid to shoot his own family and then try and shoot me. Yeah, and then his powers develop. And then he kills everybody. Yep. And then you're like, wow, that was dark and depressing. What happened next? Oh, Manhattan stole him back from Earth and took him to that weird tower prison where he forced him to watch, like, the History Channel's greatest hits of humanity's most terrible atrocities. <laughs> Yeah, did the whole um, Clockwork watch. Orange thing, yeah, yeah. Clockwork Orange, hold his eyes open, yeah. made him watch all this terrible, terrible stuff. Hey, and then we got the Holocaust, and we got slavery, and we got everything else. <laughs> yeah, and say, this is where you sent your son. Yeah, to where it's like, man, Jarrell, you, you didn't research this well enough, did you? Yeah, and, and then, then like, Clark says, like, well, not all humanity is like that. Yeah. And, but Jorah doesn't really care. No, no, he's, he has seen the worst of humanity, and he's just, like, horrified. I like, too, the fact that uh, we don't really know what the time frame was for Jor-El being on Earth and being taken. That was mm -hmm. really good, because then I'm not asking the question of being like, well, why didn't Jor-El choose to look for his son? Oh, because he, he didn't have control over his own movements. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, once he became Mr. Oz, which I imagine we'll find out next issue, mm -hmm. um, as the story continues, I imagine it, it was kind of a couple of years ago or at least a couple of years ago because he's been around for a while yeah. looking over clark and everything yeah. nice touch too we actually get a flashback to see uh what is it uh clark's grandfather on his mother's mm -hmm. side who we discover was actually jor-el's biggest financial backer yeah I, that was really cool because it 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 retconned what happened with Krypton, but didn't retcon it. Yeah. It it added more stuff to it. Like Clark only knew certain stuff because the recordings only went to when the planet was destroyed, yeah. and then some was erased and all that sort of stuff. It's, it didn't it's, change it at all. No, it's the story you never knew, and I like that because you're like, oh wow, Lorvan was kind of a dick, where he's like, oh you know, you Jor-El with your alarmist theories about the planet blowing up, I mm -hmm. sunk so much money into your operation, and I'm becoming a laughing stock too, and everything. I'm gonna rip up your plan for a space arc to save Krypton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then delete all the all the files for it from Kellex. Yeah, because I'm such a dick and everything. 
But I like that because that further enforces what Jor-El says later, where he's like, you know, the same sort of greed and corruption and evil that faced Krypton at the end. I see that reflected in Earth now, and they don't deserve you, son. They don't deserve you as a hero. Yeah. It's really well put together because it's like, man, you know, Jor-El... Like, next to Uncle Ben, as far as, like, father figures that they've built up to be, like, these paragons of virtue and righteousness and Mm -hmm. everything, they really needed to sell how they lost all faith and all hope, and they sold it really well. Yeah, really well. I'm I'm really surprised that they managed to able to do it. And I, I, mean, I attribute that to maybe, like, Jeff Johns having, like, the the broad strokes of the series. Probably. Whereas whereas Dan Jurgens probably came in and just wrote it actually out there was a lot of places they could have fucked up on this reveal and i'm happy to Mm. say they didn't fuck up on it which is good yep two two more parts left Mm -hmm. someone else mentioned something interesting to me too where it's like well why would dr manhattan be interested in saving jor-el and someone said probably the same reason dr manhattan took batman to face his flashpoint dad well no yeah that he did it to make superman emotionally unstable which will make him make him so once he reveals himself he can't really do much against dr manhattan Mm. because he's too busy with that sort of stuff or realizing what happened there or maybe he wants them to feel like it's not all hopeful and like like his universe like the watchman universe like the world he came from yeah that's that's very clever that's like that's some good old-fashioned psychological warfare is what that is Yep, yep. To really, really fuck with him. But hey, you know what? The Oz train didn't stop there because Mr. Oz was also the focal point of Detective Comics from this week as well. He was. We got Tim Drake's return. Back again after a very long absence. And it's funny, I would love to know the person who's only been reading Detective and has no idea what's going on (laughs) in action. Because they signposted quite nicely. We see Tim Drake on trial and it totally looks like the Zod trial from the movies because yep. he's got, like, the energy things around him and everything. And it's like, huh, that's some really interesting Kryptonian technology only for the reveal <laughs> to be like, ha, 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 I've been jor all along. I, I could imagine someone knowing, like, I don't want to read Superman. It's boring. It's boring. Yeah. I'll just read Detective Comics. And, oh, what the hell is going on? Oh, fuck, Superman's really important now? <laughs> His dad's back and he's evil? What? <laughs> How is Superman taking this? I better go read action from this week. (laughs) It's a a really solid reveal. And a nice bit of writing, too, to have Jor-El say, you know, Tim Drake, you and I are kindred spirits. We are geniuses who have Mm -hmm. often had the weight of the world on our shoulders. And it's funny because that's what I said when when we found out that he was going to be confronting Tim. I said they're going to confront each other because they both are geniuses and they they probably both see something in each other. Yeah, it's... It's a really nice touch. They're drawing a really good parallel that I wasn't even considering until they mentioned it. And more than anything, if you're a fan of Tim Drake and if you're a fan of the Robins and you really, really hate the Scott Lobdell New 52 bullshit that said Tim Drake was never a Robin, you don't got to worry because this one retcons it back to the old story. Yep, yep. It's no longer no goddamn Scott Lobdell. <laughs> New 52. He's run... <laughs> His run is no longer canon. Yep, you can throw that away now because none of it matters. It's back yeah. to the old story. Tim Drake was a smart kid, realized that Batman was going a little off the deep end when Jason Todd died, cracked the case of who Batman and Robin was, endeared himself to the team, and eventually got invited on as Robin. In fact, the story is called A Lonely Place of Living, which is a reference to The Lonely Place of Dying 
the story where he became Robin. They even borrow a bunch of panels, like when he puts the costume on for the first time, yep. and he's doing the fist thing. Really well put together. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the, the ending of this comic as well was kind of, what the hell is going on? Didn't see that coming. And another really well put together bit, because, you know, Tim is talking to who he thinks is Batman. He's like, oh, Batman's going to come and save me. Then he runs into a Batman in the hall who's using a gun. And, and I almost complained. I'm like, that's not Batman's costume. You got it all wrong. Only Not from... just any gun. Mm-mm, no. The, the gun that killed Thomas and Martha Wayne, and he yeah. rebuilt it. Yeah, to make it even more badass. And then, you know, he takes off his mask and goes, I'm not Bruce Wayne. I'm Tim Drake, the Batman of the future. Yeah, the Titans tomorrow, Batman. Which, that's a pull. It makes sense as well because that's a Jeff Johns book. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I'm like, oh, I, I, I love everything Jeff Johns, the new president, writes is canon. Isn't that funny how that happens? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think it's probably safe to say that everything Jeff Johns has wrote for characters like Superman, Batman, whoever else mm-hmm. is canon. Yep. <laughs> I imagine they had a big office meeting. It's like, well, so I'm, uh, I'm president now, and uh, my first order of business is uh, more baseball caps, for one. <laughs> Uh, Friday will now be baseball cap day and also he pulls out a whiteboard so this is everything I wrote and this is canon and that's everything else and that's not <laughs> you gotta write around this <laughs> gotta write around everything I wrote is canon which hey you know what it's a good thing everything he's written has usually been pretty goddamn good because if yep. not I might complain <laughs> he's the only person who can go everything I wrote is canon I'm like okay yeah okay that, that's fine He's literally the only writer who can get away with that, or one of the only writers who can get away with that. (laughs) Now, the funny thing, too, about Batman of Tomorrow showing up, and, you know, maybe you can agree with this, too. I'm like, is Batman of Tomorrow really there, or is he just hallucinating him? Because Mr. Oz said, you know, this prison, this tower is my prison, too, and it, like, fucks with your head and shows you stuff. Maybe. He could be that other prisoner that that was kind of hinted at. Right. Maybe. It also builds the idea, too, where it's like, so if he's got guys here from the multiverse in this prison, who else could possibly be there? Yeah, well, I I don't think there'll probably be any more big reveals of who's in the prison. Um, I think they've kind of stopped that with Mixil Pitlick, and obviously Doomsday is now free. Right. Um, Then there's Prodigy who's in there somewhere as well, that weird multiversal Superman who was trying to steal other Superman's powers. Yeah, the yeah, prophecy or whatever his name was. I think it was Prodigy. I know it's really confusing because there's prophecy and prodigy and relic who looks like them but isn't them. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. The, the, and then like there's Mongol. Which, like, they all look like Mongol is what they look like. <laughs> but they're not. <laughs> they're big evil space warlords who are like all big and bulky, but they're not the same. Nah. They should meet each other, Prophecy and Prodigy and Mongol, and be like, hey, you ever notice we look alike? <laughs> Are we brothers? Is, is that canon or fanon? Are we part of the same race? Wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> and technically, there's two Mongols, because there's Mongol, then his son, Mongol too. Oh, and they yeah. have a daughter, too, so there's actually oh, three God Mongols. God damn it. <laughs> I know, right? Comics are weird. <laughs> but Detective Comics was weird in a good way. It was. It was really good. This is, this is a strong new arc they're kicking off, and I love that after taking Tim off the table for so long, they kind of made the heart grow fonder and be like, oh, no, no, now he's going to have a whole arc dedicated to him. Yeah, it's a good arc as well, good starting issue. And also, too, where it's like, hey, if you haven't been reading the Superman books, you really should. 
Yeah, it's good that they they were affecting the other books. They never really did that in the New 52. No, 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 no. Usually it's the other way around. Usually the Batman books would affect everyone else, so it's fun to see a Superman book affect everyone now. Yep. Good, good stuff. So, yeah, I mean, Action, Detective, both really strong this week, and they're like sister books now, so you really need to start reading both, apparently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm most deaf so uh i mean i guess with that everyone we're almost heading into the hour 40 mark and i think we can talk about the big one from this week the one that everyone was clamoring for the one that everyone was clamoring for and turned out to be a big disappointment yeah everyone was complaining about i wouldn't say it disappointed me but i wouldn't say like it met my expectations either it was perfectly fine which i'm sure some people would argue that's even worse that at least if it was bad you would have something to complain about, but that it was middle of the road is maybe more of a failure. It, it's, it's probably because I was expecting something like DC Rebirth, like Which, something with a through-line story yeah. that, that was a, you, you can read all these, but you don't have to. This is the story that's going to be fueling us for the next however many years. Mm. It's a really good story. Whereas this one, every other page was like a new story, like, you got to pick up this comic to read, and this comic, and this comic, and then, then there was that page at the end that vaguely threatened us with the fifty-three books. Yeah, it's it's funny. Everyone was very quick to say, "Hey, that was just like DC Rebirth," as if they were the first ones to think of this. When we're all like, "Yeah, we knew it was going to be before it started." <laughs> the only difference is, as you mentioned, Matt, DC Rebirth uh, Universe Number One was every bit the preview book Marvel Legacy was. But it had a very strong through line of Wally West, a character who had been gone so long, the character that everyone had been yelling for to come back. Yep, yep. We got that. We got a complete story, and we got a set of previews in there, too. I, I had thought Marvel Legacy, the through line, was going to be the Avengers BC. I'm like, okay, they're going to yeah, be... Yeah, the, exactly. They're going to be the overarching story. We're going to keep going back to them. We're going to jump into the heads of the people who, you know, have connections to those characters. Yep. Only that didn't happen. Yeah, they were in, like, the first, like, what, two, three pages, if that? Something, even for... Even though they were all over the promotional material, and we got a yeah. beautiful splash page of them all standing together to think they uh, had such a small part of this. Yeah, they they were barely in it. We barely even got introduced to any of them. I think, I think the idea is that maybe Jason Aaron is going to be writing them in a book next, that that's, like, the little taste. And when he's done his next couple projects, they're going to have the Avengers BC book. Probably, but it would have served better if it was like the Wally West story in DC Rebirth. They were also fighting a Celestial, but a much bigger Celestial who looks different than the ones we've seen before, either because it's an ancient Celestial or because it's stronger or something. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they, they, they spend most of the book fighting its arms, so I mean, I will give it credit, they sell the massiveness of this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I'm no expert of the Marvel cosmology, but someone said to me that this, that personal Celestial talks about the final host, which is something that Celestials have made reference to before in other books, that like every time a Celestial has come to Earth, that's a different host. There's been like the first host to the fourth host, but the final host is supposed to be the one that like wipes out all life on Earth. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Again? <laughs> Again, I know, right? It's like, oh, must must be a day that ends in Y in comic book land, something that's going to wipe out all life in the on Earth. It'll w wipe out all life on Earth, and it'll happen to start in New York. Yeah, because New York is the center of everything. In the Marvel Universe. <laughs> it's almost like our offices are here. 
It's almost like everything comes back to New York. Uh, I was surprised to see Robbie Reyes have such a strong uh, part to play. In yeah, there. yeah. I uh, I love Robbie to death, and he has been swept under the rug ever since Shield came out. Mm-hmm. Yep. I also get the sneaking suspicion too. Jason Aaron didn't actually read the Robbie book and only watched him on Shield. Because here's the thing, there's the whole point of Robbie being like, oh, I, I'm having these weird dreams of another prehistoric ghost rider who is connected to the spirit of vengeance, even though I shouldn't be, because I don't actually have the spirit of vengeance. My spirit is my evil uncle Eli Morrow giving me power. Mine is different than Johnny Blaze's, but I don't think Jason Aaron knew that. Yeah, yeah. It would have been better if, like, maybe this was like the return of Johnny Blaze because it was a return of a bunch of different characters, and they should have, they should have just, you know, had had him rock up on the motorbike in Africa. Yeah, I I was very conflicted because on one hand I'm like, yay Robbie, but then I'm like, oh, this doesn't quite match up though. But yay Robbie, <laughs> I will not look a gift horse in the mouth. <laughs> he actually has a really cool fight with Starbrand, which I liked. Yeah, Starbrand, another character who's been, I guess, called because of the Avengers 1 million yeah. or whatever, one, 10 million or whatever. Ten, ten, I just call them the Avengers BC for short. Yeah. <laughs> let, let us all start that now. As the comic multiverse says, just call them the Avengers BC. Yeah. But yeah, so there's that. Uh, there's a bunch of different returns and other stuff. Uh, Loki, we see getting together an army of frost giants to go rob a shield installation as they're moving shit to Area 51. That was kind of funny, too, because I'm like, well, is Loki really evil now? I mean, Jason Aaron writes this and writes the Thor book, and Loki and Thor has kind of been like a double, triple agent who's a little conflicted right now. Yeah, but this, like, seems, like, evil, because... We find out that he's after an infinity stone. Yeah, that he's like trying to he amass. He wants power. Yeah, he's trying to amass power for something. Like, well, Loki hasn't really been like that in a bit. I mean, I'll take your word for it, Jason Aaron, because you're writing the Thor book, but it just feels a little out of character for him at this time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we can agree the best moment was uh, Ben Grimm and the Human Torch standing on top of the Baxter building, firing up the big four into the air. Yeah, wondering if they're still relevant really beautiful moment and ben saying you know what johnny it doesn't matter who forgot we're gonna make them remember yeah which gets me really excited mm -hmm. that's, especially that's for a... that two in one i'm really excited for that two in one where the first arc is called the fate of the four now that's that's yep. a sell that's how you sell a book right there yep and again it's like i i hope you mean that marvel i hope that you are gonna let the fantastic four come back and be relevant again that, that kind of seemed to be the feelings with a couple of these, where it's like, look, we're sorry we took these toys out of the box, we're putting them back now. Yeah, I think they're starting to realize what, what made their universe really great, and they've realized that, oh, half of these aren't actually here anymore. Well, e even not even just what made it great, even just like, you have all of these, why are you fencing some of these off? Why, because you don't have the movie rights to them? Isn't that a little petty? Should not the point of comics be that you can do whatever you want regardless of who has movie rights? Yep. Is it not? And again, it's like, no writer made that decision. No editor made that decision. That was all Ike Perlmutter being a dick. Yeah, being a cheap ass. Yeah, that was the money man at the top with no creative bone in his body who's never written anything, being like, no, no movies, no no play in comics, let us not promote these characters, and the X-Men have to exist here in their little corner, and they don't get to interact with anybody. Yeah, they weren't actually in Marvel Legacy, were they? They, they were no. kind of strangely... Uh, oh, 
two, two of them were. There, there was a few strange absences, actually. Uh, Daredevil doesn't show up. N really, none of the street-level characters besides Iron Fist shows up. Yeah, it, it, that, that bit with Iron Fist was pretty funny. Was Norman funny. Osborn couldn't get past the shrubbery. <laughs> I, I love the idea that Norman Osborn is on such hard times now he's just trying to break into brownstones in New York City. <laughs> Which, again, it's like, you know, that moment there is the perfect example of, like, you know, DC Re Universe Rebirth number one was very, like, new reader friendly. Marvel Legacy is not new reader friendly. In fact, no. it's, it's referencing shit that happened, like, last week. Yeah, yeah, that 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 normal Osborn thing. I'm like, well, what the hell is? Why is he trying to steal magic? What's going on? That was last week in Amazing Spider-Man. He had a whole story Gosh. devoted to himself, where he's like, "Er, I want to become the Green Goblin again." But Peter Parker gave me like a nano machine cure that stops the serum from, uh, like you know, bonding to my cells anymore. And like, yep. he, and he tries therapy, and he tries surgery, and he tries all these other things to get his goblin powers back. And when that doesn't work. He climbs one of Marvel's many magical mountains and goes and trains in a magic monastery for a little bit. <laughs> but then the monks... And then he, then he decided, like, fuck this, I'm just gonna go break into the Sanctum Sanctorum. Well, it's funny, the monks are like, oh, oh, we just realized you're really fucking evil, and if we give you magic powers, you'll be a dick about them. We're kicking you out of our monastery, and we're also phoning up every other magic Marvel monastery and telling them not to let you in. We're blacklisting you from all of them. They had the Xerox's driver's license and yeah, yeah. posted on the door. And Norman's like, fine then, fuck you. I know it can be done. I'll get magic powers some other way. <laughs> which, which is kind of interesting, because this kind of ties into this greater idea that they're running with where a bunch of men of science in Marvel are doing magic now, like Tony Stark mm -hmm. and infamous Iron Man is doing magic, Doctor Doom, of course, you know, science magic, doing all this stuff. Yeah, the Doctor Strange for a time they had to rely on science. Yeah, it's an interesting kind of idea they're doing. I, I hope we get to see more of that get played with. Yeah. Then, of course, the other big reveal is that, uh, much like Stone Cold Steve Austin before him, Wolverine came in driving a beer truck to do a, do a run-in on some frost giants. That was, that, was, that was kind of a sweet moment, too, because, like, Jean Grace, like, oh, I'm going to visit, you know, Logan's grave. I'm here to visit, you know, the metal statue that is him, only to see that it's torn open. Yeah, yeah, so it's definitely him that's back. Which, and not some mystique dressing up you know, as him or something. No. Which I think we can all admit where it's like, okay, it's cool Wolverine's back and everything, but does he not seem incredibly superfluous now in a world where we have Laura, who's doing awesome, old man Logan, who I think is more interesting than regular Wolverine <laughs> was before he died. Uh, we got Jimmy Hudson. Yeah. So we got Dawkin is back. Dawkin. So we got like four Wolverines right now. Did we, we, really have, we have we have we um, have Laura's clone Gabby. Oh shit! Yeah, she's an extra Wolverine, so that's six. <laughs> it's I the mean, Wolverine family. <laughs> I mean, I know there's already like a dozen Spider people, but it's like it's hard enough to write good Wolverine stories, and like I think when they killed him, it was the right time to, because it's like he's he's too powerful now. He's too much of a god mod. His healing factor is too much. I like they made him an old, withered, you know tired cynical dude whose healing factor like doesn't work near as well yeah well we, as well we also have um goddamn weapon h now he's a he's basically wolverine but god, can hulk god damn it <laughs> there's too many <laughs> T 
Maybe he'll just go like go on like a, like a killing spree and just kill everyone. <laughs> Unless this is the way Marvel finally wants to explain, like, look, there needs to be a Wolverine on every team next year, and this is how we do it. Yeah, they'll, they'll send one off to the Guardians, and then one on to the Astonishing X-Men, and Weapon X, and... <laughs> every every X-Men team and every Avenger team can have a Wolverine now, guys, and any book that's failing, we'll just put Wolverine in there, too. <laughs> It'll be great! We can just print money! <laughs> this, yeah. this is what will get us back in the green, everybody, the six-point Wolverine plan! <laughs> Oh god. <laughs> they, they they do at least imply that Wolverine is back now with some sort of purpose to him. That's why he hasn't revealed to everyone else that he's alive, that he's working on something and that it's probably connected to the Infinity Stones, not gems. Yep, making it like the movies. Making it like the movies. Although, I had a couple interesting theories about this one, and uh, some fans who actually knew more about rock science than me and geology said something to me <laughs> that kind of kind of lit my brain up. They're minerals, Joel. They're minerals. <laughs> no, e even more so than that, one guy who, ironically, his screen name was Bloody Topaz, so already he has a rock thing in his name, was like, well, Joel, a stone is just an unrefined gem. <laughs> so are the Infinity Stones raw, more powerful versions of the gems, or are these the second coming of the gems? Because wasn't wasn't the Infinity Gauntlet and the Stones like destroyed at the beginning of uh, Hickman's Avengers when they tried to stop the uh, incursions? Isn't that why we haven't seen them in a bit? Oh, you're, you're asking me to remember too far back, but I'm pretty sure. It's I'm a pretty long sure. time ago now. Like, that was very early on. Like, is this their way of, like, bringing them back and bringing them back just in time for the Infinity War movie? <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know what, what he what Logan's going to be doing with them. It's, it's very interesting. And, and, like, obviously through all new Guardians of the Galaxy, Gamora's searching for them as well. Yes, which they and make she, reference to. Yeah, they make reference to as well, so that's going to be very interesting. What stone did he have? I asked this question on on Twitter, and no one could seem to answer no one it. Could answer because the ones. I just the... said he. Had, I just said he had the mind stone because it was it was blue. Because and if they're going to make him like the movies, then yeah, the ones in the movies are different from the ones in the comics. But we might be seeing this one from the same time, and even then, artists screw up sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it could, could be interesting. I had another theory. I pitched this one to you on Twitter, but a lot of people felt this was fan fiction -y. I'll I'll let people in the comment section decide. Obviously, of course, you know, Celestials and the Infinity Stones have, like, this deep-seated connection and everything. We see this Celestial on Earth that looks different than the Celestials we've seen before. Could it be possible that they're doing, like, a Beyonder thing where it's like, oh, no, no, there's two groups of celestials there's the ones that make gems and then there's the ones that make stones yeah maybe that that might be a little too high concept that might be a little too fan fictiony where it's like no no this this is how you explain how stones are a thing now and how stones are different than gems because they were made by different celestials well they, maybe they could explain that like they're connected with like this celestial is the one who's like He's like the original one who made the original stones. Right, because they say he's like they were his idea. Yeah, because they say he's looking for something on Earth that celestial, which I can only assume it was that stone. Yeah, that or he's looking for the final host. Right, or he is the final host, but he's calling yeah. down the final host. I don't know. I, goddamn. I guess we'll have to keep reading to find out. Although they don't say what book to read to see how that follows. No, up. they just give you a checklist at the back. Where it's like, well, what if I want to follow this story, though? What book do I... That'll probably be the next event in a year. 
Yeah. They'll probably yeah. drop little references to that, and then, you know, once they're done everything, that'll be the event. The Avengers, Marvel, the final host. When 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 when's Infinity War come out in May next year? That that's when the event will happen. The big Infinity Gauntlet or whatever, Infinity something Infinity. event. It's like it's like DC with Crisis. It's Infinity something. Infinity Two, Electric Infinity Aloo. Yeah, something like that. And then of course the big final final reveal, which I felt ultimately kind of undercut the Logan thing. Uh, we see Franklin and Valeria Richards still out in the deep recesses of space, helping to you know seed universes with their parents. Yeah, and their parents are definitely alive. Yes, and we also find out that Valeria was the one who was narrating this. Which to the point, it's like, man, you almost needed to read this twice once you found out it was her talking. Yeah, yeah. Which that's cool. I like seeing them again. Yeah, yeah. It's it gives me hope that maybe they might come back, and they might because they even put like the little Fantastic Four logo down the bottom and they did. everything. If nothing else, I will say Marvel Legacy did end up being hopeful, if nothing else, which is nice because you know as much as I enjoyed Secret Empire, it was many things, but hopeful it was not <laughs> for a good chunk of it. It's almost like, man, you're fucked. We're fucked. Everything's fucked. <laughs> At least this one was like, hey, everyone's back and everything's cool. Maybe. The question is, can they actually stay to this? Is this just to tease us? Is this just to blue ball us? Or will we actually get to see OG Wolverine? Will we actually get to see the Fantastic Four do stuff? Yeah, well, one can hope. Time will tell. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I guess that's the last comic and I guess that's the show. We talked for a good long time this week. Yeah, we certainly did. A lot of discussion, a lot of stuff to cover. As always, you know, I hope people enjoyed the episode. If you're a patron, you get to listen to this one first, and you get to watch it first because Matt's actually uploading the video part too. Yep, yep. You get audio and video at this around the same time. Yep, you get to carry the audio around with you. If you do want to download the show, we have a SoundCloud page. You can check that one out as well. That's linked down in the description. I always try and get to that one the next day so people can carry that around. Uh, if you want to show your comic multiverse love, we have all sorts of shirts now over at our T Public store. Again, down in the description, you can check that one out. Yeah, they're pretty cool. They they, are. They, they, whoever designed them did a really good job. They did do a really good job. I don't know who this mystery man could be, but he does fine work. Uh, also, hey, you know, if you're looking to pick up any of the books we said today in trade, Matt and I both have book depository links down in the description. Be much appreciated if you picked uh, if you picked our link when you went to go buy something. Not only do you save a bundle on shipping and handling, it's completely free, but you'll be supporting us in the show while we're at it. And in fact... Everyone should do that more often because we got to pass a $100 threshold before we actually get any money. <laughs> so please do that. Like, just do it for everything you buy. Just use our link if you like it. <laughs> Christmas is coming. Buy all your Christmas gifts on Book Depository. Buy our There you link. go. There you go. Yeah, that can be your gift to us. <laughs> Using us for all your Christmas shopping. <laughs> So yeah, with that, everyone, I guess we can start winding down the show. Thank you for watching and listening, and uh, Matt and I will be back again next week, and I'm sure we'll have more to talk about, because we'll be post-New York Comic Con. Oh, we're going to have a lot to talk about. I'm sure we will. I hope we do. I hope it's not bullshit. I hope it's like, yeah, they didn't announce anything. <laughs> like one thing. Yeah, but if, if they do that, we'll do a commentary next week. We'll do, like, fucking <laughs> Spider-Man or Wonder Woman or some shit. Yeah, we got to get on them. <laughs> Actually, a fan said we should do Star Wars for Christmas, and maybe we should, because I think like Star I Wars, I think Star Wars has become like the new uh, Batman. Christmas. 
Yeah, it's the new Christmas thing, and it's also become the new Batman v Superman thing that we've, like, promised and promised but never did. Oh, really? I, I can't really remember what we've been promising. No, I know. We promised so much. That's why we're a good show. We'd be a great show if we kept all the promises. <laughs> did uh, did we do Force Awakens with the with comic book house? I think we did. I honestly can't remember. I want to say we did. I think that was like one of the last things we did. I might have to check the check the numbers on. The, yeah, yeah, I think we did. I want to yeah, say I, yes. I, I can't remember. I don't know. We might have, someone go back in the archives and look at those for us because we'll do Rogue One if not. <laughs> yeah, it's all Star Wars. So with that, everyone, we are officially one hundred percent done for this episode. Bye bye. <laughs> see ya.